0: This week on Nintendo Main, we have Ryan Berger here to talk about Old School Gamer Magazine.
1: Cool. How do you feel about Bewildering Grace?
0: I got the beat. The beat. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 135. We are your hosts. I'm Trey Primordial Punisher Johnson.
1: I'm Jeremy Toteful of Controllers Mikowski.
0: I'm John. Is it Morphin time, knitter Oh, and uh, this week we have a special guest, uh, Ryan Berger of uh, Old School Gamer Magazine. How's it going?
2: I'm relaxing and chilling. What's up, Ryan?
0: Do you have a nickname or a middle name, or n- <laughs> you don't have to? If you don't have one.
2: Um, no
0: okay. No big I'm deal. just me. For sure. So, uh, I, I forget how... Didn't I meet you at the uh, headquarters thing for that Mario Kart thing? Is that how you got my email? I, I don't remember. I thought I gave a card to you somewhere.
2: I don't remember. I think... I'm sure we've crossed paths at some, at some of these expos that are happening all over. There's just a ton of them. I've got, I think, seven more to do yet this year.
0: Yeah, I feel like... Because so... I feel like each of us have seen uh, Old School Gamer Magazine in some capacity. Mm-hmm. At a, I know we saw you at MGC. Uh, John said he saw you at the... At the, um... SoCal is, Retro Gaming Expo. It's SoCal, mm-hmm. yeah. Let me ask you, uh, I normally ask this for our guests, but uh what's your favorite Nintendo game? It can be on any Nintendo game. It can be any game um, on a Nintendo system. It doesn't necessarily have to be made by them. I really
2: enjoy um, the Smash Brothers games. Okay. I just I, I like the party game type of scene that you can involve more than even two people in on it. And I guess with this new version coming out for the for the Switch, I had previously played a bunch on the Wii U. The new one coming out for the Switch, I'm looking forward to being able to play even newer players and even more people at the same time. Just the whole vibe of being able to play that many players in a game mm. and being able to have all kinds of different things happening is just is just fantastic. I don't play a lot of the newer stuff, but of the games I play, it's all of these party-type games. The cart ones, the Smash Brothers games, when there's like eight different people on the screen or more at one time, it's just an absolute trip to watch and play.
0: And uh, yeah, Smash Brothers is coming out in December, and they are going to have eight people in there. Which there was a big direct about that that we talked about last week. Cool. Uh, so we start off the show normally. We talk about what games we've been playing and whatnot and what games we bought for the week. Yeah, I know. Is there anything you bought for this week, Ryan? Or that you've been playing recently? It um, can be anything. Like old do school, I have new to keep school. it
2: within the Nintendo arena?
0: Not necessarily. Nope. You can talk Not whatever you want.
2: Really, for me lately, uh, the latest things I've been playing is a little bit of uh, some old school Atari 2600 games. And I uh, was part of the Kickstarter for the new Bard's Tale uh, game that came out, so I, I just downloaded on Steam a remastered version of Bard's Tale One, Two, and Three.
0: Yeah, I heard that just dropped. That's cool. Have you have you spent much time I ha- with
2: it? I Haven't played. I pulled I, I'm pulling it down at home right now and just. Um, I remember playing the original game back in was eighty five, eighty six, or something like that. I just loved it. The, the sarcastic sense of humor and the twisted way that the the whole game worked was 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 amazing. Versus the wizardry and the Ultimus.
0: Sure. I mean, it has to be kind of weird to make a game about a bard, right? Or a lot of it's musical stuff, right? I mean, it's not really battling, right? It's just singing people to death. or I don't know. I never played the game. Oh, no. But... <laughs> well, I mean,
2: it's a traditional dungeon slashing kind of a thing with just a interesting sense of humor. If you're familiar with, like, Maniac Mansion or the Zach McCrackens and that kind of stuff from the PC era, it's that kind of a, a little bit off sense of humor.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about that. Uh, hopefully, it's, hopefully it ends up being good. What uh, what Atari games were you playing?
2: Um, I I love Pitfall. That's just just a trip of a game. I was playing some of that. I was playing some Missile Command. The real simple stuff. I mean, back uh, the, the games back then in the era of of Atari, Television, Coleco. I think uh, what was the phrasing? It was um, simple to play, difficult to master. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. what I'm describing the games back then?
0: Sure. I mean, that, that's kind of Nintendo's mo too for a lot of their games. Is so. a simple to pick up hard to master yep, gotcha. yeah gotcha for sure cool
1: and
2: like yeah, i think
1: um i love pitfall by the way but um yeah i think the simplicity of it like having to work against the limitations like gave even more creativity to like the stuff that shined through you know like pitfall for instance was like one of the first scrolling like side-scrolling adventure games and uh-huh. it still worked within the limitations of the atari 2600
2: did did you ever hear the story about how David Crane was able to pack in all those screens into the system? No, I haven't. It's basically an algorithm that just said, is there a pit on the screen? Is there a ladder on the screen? Is there a swinging rope on the screen? Those different things. And that's, you know, it would just be yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, like five mm. or six different things. And that's how it knew how to draw the screen. All like 255 screens or whatever there was oh, wow. to that original game. And if you ever have the opportunity to uh, hear David Crane speak at one of these expos, he's, he's a trip. He's just a run. I did
1: actually. I got to – I didn't really get to talk to him very long, but I got him to sign a couple games at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo yeah. last year. I had a, a copy of Freeway and a copy of uh, Pitfall, of course.
2: Yep, very cool, very cool. So, so, so yeah, cool. I mean um, I spend so much time in, in the gaming arena with the magazine and stuff like that, I don't get to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of enjoy researching the history and that kind of material.
0: Sure, sure. Well, uh, we're just going to do you, – do you have a Switch? or Are you a, are you that current with your systems? Probably not, not right, yet. from what you just uh, said. I'm going
2: to be buying <laughs> one because of all the stuff coming out of Christmas. I'm hoping there's there's any kind of big specials happening or something like that, you know, packing games or something like that. Oh, I don't sure. know if you guys have heard any Black Friday rumors yet, but I'll be yeah. you know, picking not, one up soon.
0: Not yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. Well, it has only been like an, a year, really that it's been out, so there might not be a Black Friday thing, but you never know. I mean, there's all sorts of deals and stuff online for it, like through the eShop. But uh, we're just, uh, mostly mostly uh, what we'll talk about probably at the beginning here is uh, Switch games, so bear with us. If you have any questions about it, uh, let us let us know. But uh, let me, uh, but we're just going to, have you guys, have Jeremy and John, have you guys gotten anything new this, this week? Are you still? I,
1: pre- I pre-ordered something. I pre-loaded something.
0: Well, I think we all pre-loaded something. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. where
1: that's where i'm at
0: yeah myself for the week well that what we what we're referring to is uh night trap which comes out yep. on friday for nintendo switch the uh sega the re-release of the sega saturn game the controversial cd sega CD. Sega, sega cd game i finally
1: play this damn game
0: yeah i know john yep. has played it before and uh it was a huge thing, you know. It's considered like one of the it was like the crazy contra, controversial game and all that. Um, it's releasing this Friday. Hopefully, it drops at eleven on Thursday, like they normally do for Friday releases. But yeah, I pre I uh, also bought and preloaded that as well. It's like seven gigs. That's yeah, a, it took a while. A lot to of video download. Yeah. yeah, you know, say so that's a lot for an hour for... and a half
1: of. Video,
0: you know, yeah. You know, Say that's a lot for what two hours of video? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Two
1: forty p or whatever it is. Yeah,
0: I'm excited to play <laughs> around with it. But there's supposed to be some extra documentary stuff and all that fun stuff in there. We'll talk about that in more detail now next week's episode, of course. But uh, yeah, that was one that I got this week. But also, I picked up. Uh, there was a Nintendo Mini Direct. Indie Mini Direct uh, happening on uh, at uh, Gamescom this year, and uh, in the Mini Direct, Morphe's Law was finally revealed. So I ended up picking up that game. Which uh, so it,
1: even though so even that was posted on the Nintendo UK, that was still like um, that Direct was for everybody.
0: What do you mean? I
3: guess it was
1: because yeah. w- I mean the one I watched it was definitely hosted by Nintendo UK, um, their YouTube channel, and it wasn't on the US. Yeah, it was or on. the official Nintendo channel.
0: Yeah, I had to search. I had, well I actually had to like. Log into my account and then open the one, the link that John sent both of us to watch it. And it was like, uh, yeah, and I couldn't find it on the regular account. So it took me a minute to get to it. But yeah, it was all, it's, it's the UK. It was a Nintendo UK, but they did announce Morphe's Law, which was a a four person online shooter, which was announced like last year, I think, in an Indies Direct. And uh you know, where like you shoot the other character and parts of your body get larger depending on whatever you shoot. It's a I don't know if it's necessarily a great game. Like I can't really recommend it yet, I guess. But um it's got it's got promise, I guess. It's, it's what I, I, is what I was what I did say. watch
1: the full duration of you playing it Trey. Yeah. I mean, I was playing Octopath <laughs> at the same time, so my eyes were divided, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm you know i i did i i've been thinking about this game for a long time and i really kind of just wanted to buy it on impulse but i'm glad i got to watch you play it a little bit mm-hmm. sort of made me a little it's I don't a, know. i'd like to see what whatever this new patch is what does this patch do
0: i was just playing around with it a little bit before we started recording just to see uh i didn't really notice much of a difference but i think it just kind of like tried to smooth out the game more but there's like there's like three different modes that you do on the game there's a there's a capture the flag sort of thing, or also kind of like the um the the game in Splatoon where you where you where you capture the um the giant thing and take it from one thing to another. It's kinda like that except you can't shoot. I people. know
1: what you're talking about, I can't remember what that
0: mode is. Yeah, no. I'm gonna feel really stupid later when I'm editing this and I'll be like, No, it's called that. But uh yeah, no, there's sort of a capture the flag mode where you get a giant head and you bring it to your to your giant like there's different giant characters that you have in mm-hmm. the back. You know, there's there's one mode like that where you grab a head and you bring it to one or the other. Um, there's also a mode where you steal mass from those guys, where you like stand on an altar and you shoot one of the giants and you take the mass from it and you deliver it to your giant, and whoever's giant is bigger in the end wins. There's also the other one that's just a straight up deathmatch one where you kill each other, and depending on how many kills you have, your monster your giant will be bigger than the other one, and that's how it ends. And those are the three modes that are on there right now. So it's kind of simple. Um it works. Very much like old, like, you know, some of the older online shooters where like, you level up and whenever you level up, you, um, you get like new weapons and stuff like that. So there is like stuff to do. It's not like you'll only, there's a lot to unlock. Like I only have like one gun and one secondary thing. And you can go through and you can change your, the whether you have it, like what kind of gun and what secondary mode you have. So you can kind of make your own guns like that. You can also unlock like, uh, skins and stuff for your characters. So you'll look different, look, look different as you go. So. That's kind of what it is, and and there's incentive to come back more, but it's a uh, as of right now, there's not really, I don't know, there's not really a whole lot to it. You kind of just walk around and shoot people, and the whole like build getting yourself bigger in different areas doesn't really seem to do anything, you know? Oh, like it does. Yeah, I mean, totally aside from that. like,
1: it uh, seemed like it. No, there there was like jumping. I noticed a jumping. Yeah, but you when don't, you got bigger legs.
0: No, you can do the, always do that though. Oh really? <laughs> you, you can always do the butt the butt jump where like the rocket. With the butt No, rocket. no, no. You no. It seemed that.
1: like you were jumping really high without doing the fart.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that was in the tutorial, is what that says. But I never really noticed it in the regular no. than then playing online. Like, like I was, I was you... watching
1: the whole playthrough, but I zoned out a
0: few times. Yeah. Well, there was. I Did mean. You ever feel like
3: because you, you got like a, a big head or whatever, like you were more susceptible to being shot.
0: Are you well, saying yeah. that the central mechanic is kind of. Do you Not feel you realized. were
1: more, like, susceptible to criticism?
0: <laughs> I mean, there is that. I mean, there there is, like, the whole, like, that your head's bigger and you're easier to kill, I guess. And it, there's also, like, different pathways that, like, depending on what size you are, you can't go through certain doorways. And if you're small enough, there's, like, tunnels that go under the levels and stuff like that. But there's some of them you just start, you start small and you can go under there. But I never really, it's hard to get back to that once you're there, you know, because once you shoot people, you gain mass or whatever. But it's, it's a weird-ass game, uh if you're i guess if you're looking to throw $20 into it go for it but i can't really fully recommend it like like i wouldn't say like like there's a lot better things to pay, pay uh, put $20 on like uh
1: i'm so know. interested though like if the two player like mode like friend versus friend or whatever if that would justify it a little more.
0: Well, we, we could try See, it out, but you'd thing, have to get it. We haven't had that experience yet,
1: because you, you're the only one who owns it.
0: Yeah, you'd have to get it. But no, I mean, there's a bunch of different modes. Like, you can do... You can play offline against bots. Like, you can play online with people against bots. Um, you know, you can play all, all all, people in the online thing. There's all different stuff to do. Like, eight person. you think it'd be worth, like, 15 bucks? I don't know. I mean, it's... A, I mean, I think it's I think that game would probably be better off as like a free to play game, I guess <laughs> to start. it seems I don't know i I mean, yeah, maybe like fifteen or ten. it's just kind of
1: maybe they should have done a beta
0: or yeah, they should have done a test or a demo or something I think there they're just there doesn't seem to be a whole lot to it right now is what I'm saying and and if they add more stuff to it as it goes, yeah, it has potential to be really cool. We'll just have see you see how much... much
1: of the offline mode the one player mode?
0: It's just it's just the same thing except there's bots instead of people. There's no story mode or anything.
1: So I wonder if local multiplayer is fun because of the lack of lag and all that shit.
0: Yeah, I mean I didn't really notice it to be laggy or anything like that when I played it. It seemed pretty smooth. The online, I mean, it, I guess it's like how much you like shooters, but compared to something like Fortnite or whatever, it's just not really doesn't really compare. Not like, up to snuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I, I, I got that. I played that for a while, um, and, as I said, as my uh, as my name. Which I originally wanted to say "primordial perpetrator," but I forgot the I forgot the term "perpetrator," so I said "punisher" nice Bunch, instead. But uh, no, I've been playing a lot of Ys eight lately, just because that game is great, and I can't urge urge you enough to buy that game because it's an, it's actually like my favorite game of the year so far. So I mean, to you and John. You should get it. It's excellent. It's probably the best action RPG I think I've ever played. Which, really? is, which isn't saying a lot because I don't really like action RPGs that much. But this is the so only one that just, I've liked. Are, are you putting Zelda in that basket or, or no? Or I'm what? not. Well, <laughs> well, that, year, I'm so not, not because Zelda's there. not an RPG. Oh, this year. I'm not gotcha. putting it in that basket because Zelda's not an RPG. So uh, okay. it's a. Uh, I'm talking about games to where I'm, I'm talking to games that you level up in. Whereas Zelda's gotcha. more of an okay. a, more of an adventure action game than an RPG, in my opinion. So. That's why I don't really put it in that category. You would compare it more to, like, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, which are okay, but it's it's better than that. But most most action RPGs I've had a hard time getting into, and I really like this one because it's not... I think it's because it's not a weird hybrid between turn-based and action. It's just straight-up action, and I think that's why I like it. But I've been streaming that. I'm, like, over 20 hours into it, and that's been... And it gets... uh, The more and more you get into it, the cooler it gets. Like, I've just got to the second half of the island, which is actually, like, a... Ancient civilization that's been completely abandoned and covered in dinosaurs, which are called primordials in the game. So basically, everything changes the farther that you get, and you keep having dreams of, of of the character Donna, you know, from the from the title, and uh, she lived in this area that I just found before that. But it it seems that everything is extinct there now. But you kind of alternate between her and Adol as you go through the game. So you'll play out some of the stuff with her, and I think eventually you'll get to fight with her as well. But I haven't got I haven't gotten to that. But yeah, it's a super cool game. I've still been playing that. I also played uh, I also played Valkyria Chronicles One for a while on PlayStation Three, which is totally Nintendo related because I found out that on the Japanese eShop they're actually going to release the remastered version of Valkyria Valkyria Chronicles One in Japanese. So it, hopefully there's an English patch because I would totally get it because it looks like it's going to release for like twenty bucks, and it looks like it's coming out the same day as Valkyria Chronicles Four is. So it's pretty rad. But, yeah, no, I just, I liked the demo so much that I wanted to play the game, and I already had it for PS3, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll play it for a while. And I made it through, like, the first first five chapters of the on that. And uh, Jess was, was listening to our last episode, and she was saying, you know, that Valkyria Chronicles game sounds a lot like Fire Emblem and i was like well yeah uh-huh. it is and i just realized it is totally like fire emblem except it's completely free movement so that gives you an idea of what it is from what i was trying to explain what it was last time it's turn based but you have free movement and you like you know you walk and find a spot and shoot the other person except it's free movement so it's like it's like fire emblem but it doesn't feel like fire emblem it feels it feels more has more free movement yes, in sir. it Yeah, so yeah, I've been playing that. I'm super excited about that. It's really, I really hope that you can play that Japanese one in English. Like I said, the Japanese eShop version of the first game remaster is pretty awesome. Very excited about that, especially because if anybody had never played Valkyria Chronicles, I would say buy that one because it's like half. It's like twenty bucks, you know, the the remaster is, and it's way cheaper than the fourth one. So it would be easier for people to get into. So hopefully they release that over here as well. Um, I also beat I beat Yoku's Island. So, I made Ryoku's nice. Island Express, which I actually thought cool. happened a lot quicker than I thought it was going to, but there's a lot of extra stuff, and there is a there's an extra thing at the end that I haven't found yet where you there's all these like root characters that you're supposed to collect, and I haven't collected all of them, so so there's a lot more to do after like after you beat the game, the game just pretty much keeps going, so you can you can just continue to play after that. so I like games that do that where it's like We're here for you where it's like hey uh the game's over, but uh. You can still play because there's still a lot of stuff to unlock, so it's still totally as there's still a lot to play on it, but How long did that take you to beat the main quest uh maybe like ten hours, I would say, I think, that's but there's amount. but there's still a lot left to do it's it's a great game like I, I i wholeheartedly recommend that game as well, like I think it's really cool, and I really hope that they make another one. I'd really like to see Yoko's Island Express 2 with more stuff in it it's a uh, super cool, and uh yeah, and that's I think that's what I had for what I've been playing this week uh what do you what cool. are you guys been doing? Uh, I played Beat Saber this week, which I love. Oh, that you
1: game. you got to play Beat Saber? Is that the, yeah. that's kind of like Guitar Hero, but with the lightsaber, right? Yeah, VR. <laughs> it's, it's,
3: it's awesome. Where you
1: cut boxes it's in half. Yeah. I've like, to a been rhythm. intrigued by that game since I first saw video of super it. super
3: addictive. It's probably the most addictive VR game I've ever played. Mm. So basically it's, like Guitar Hero, you got symbols coming at you. Do you, do you? Uh, the
0: things, what's up? I was gonna say, does it mess up your vision afterwards? Like Guitar Hero, like when you stare at a wall yeah, and it's like still you, moving,
3: even more so. Like you just see things <laughs> coming at you the whole time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you got um, these boxes coming at you—a red box and blue box—and oh, you have to hit them uh, with your uh, different colored lightsabers. Mm-hmm. To the beat of the music. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, almost like VR drumming. Yeah. But the trick is that you have to also hit it um, in the direction of the arrow that's on each box. Mm -hmm. And so in effect, you look like you're Darth Maul slash a DJ or something. Mm -hmm. And just kind of waving your your lightsaber all around. Yeah. Um, And you also have to like dodge, like you'll have these giant long blocks that come at you. You have to dodge left, dodge right, duck. And it's almost like all of a sudden, in an instant, you look like you're. Well, okay, in your head, you look like you're like an action star doing sword moves and stuff. In reality, you look ridiculous waving your arms all around. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that game does a great job of making you feel really cool, like you're really doing something, putting on a performance all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Nice. How well does
1: that work with the confines of the VR space? Like, do you feel like you might jump in and run into something or, you know what I mean? Like, does it get pretty animated?
0: It gets very animated. You definitely want to stay away from somebody playing beat saber because they will knock you out. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's like, I'm sure you're in a confined space where you're not going to hit somebody with your, with your beat. I just saber mean it, like in the
1: home experience, would you like possibly run into a wall playing that game?
3: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll say that, you know, and some of VR games do a better job of making you forget that there's a real world with walls and objects around you. And, mm. Beat Saber is one of those games that's like it, it really makes you forget your surroundings. Um, if you're not careful, you're going to hit something. So definitely clear a large
0: space for hmm. Beat Saber. Okay. That's yeah. what I wanted to know. When you uh, when you take the helmet off, like do you yep. do, do you see things that aren't there after you're done with it? That's what I was <laughs> talking about. Like like Guitar Hero, yeah. you know, when you play yeah. Guitar Hero, and then you look at a regular wall, the wall looks like You'll it's moving still. Scrolling. Yeah. Which always annoyed me. Does it does it do that? <laughs> We're the same thing. We're well, like you'll see uh, you'll have like a hallucination sort of after you after you play it, where everything looks like it's moving in one direction.
3: I mean, I kind of think like I don't know, maybe, maybe not not okay, not as much as guitar. Not that I think about it, not as much as Guitar Hero. And I think just because you're actually in it, you know, you're not you're like not staring just staring at, at a
1: static image, right? Yeah, or you're not, not staring, even at at you're <laughs> staring at a fixed point. You're staring
3: at boxes that are actually coming at you so you're in the game you're looking all around the place and so i don't think you see as much of that uh, guitar hero effect but Mm -hmm. i'm definitely like thinking more in terms of beats and rhythms and you know just kind of find myself tapping my my toes a little bit more when i'm riding the train um and the music in the game is fantastic by the way you're like it's all original songs at least the ones that That uh, I've played. Yeah, uh, I think they're all original songs. But but people can add whatever songs they want. They can. It's um, like a like
1: electronic house kind of sound, or yeah.
3: like, Okay. Yeah, it's all like that kind of music, EDM. Um, but you can add whatever songs you want. As I understand, it's pretty easy to mm. to mod, and you can add your you know, whatever patterns you want. And I've even looked on YouTube, and I've seen people like somebody added the entire movie Shrek to Beat Saber, so they're just like. <laughs> They're waving mm. their arms around to the, to the beats of the dialogue.
1: Are onions,
3: Yeah. 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 Weird. So yeah,
0: people are really, really, really into it. It's a very memeable game for sure. Mm. Yeah. I've seen some videos of it on Facebook when you're, when you're in the, when you're on the train thinking about it, do you imagine yourself uh, cutting the people in half that are in the train Two beats <laughs> do, do Depends on, that? Uh, I don't know who's on the train, I guess. Well, just, you know, in general. Just, just cut them in half. And who, I mean, who's, who's uh, making me mad or whatever? Who's, they'll come, they'll come back together. To you don't necessarily have to kill them in your life.
1: Just... <laughs> that guy with the tambourine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's off, he's off rhythm. He's like messing up your rhythm. Beat Saber him to the right rhythm. Mm-hmm. So that so you didn't play your switch at all this this week, John? You just played Beat uh, nothing, Saber? nothing new. Just the usual suspects. Yeah, Rocket League. There you go. Yeah. What what were you you you, you said? What would you say? And you said in the beginning, Jeremy. was it bewildering what is i saw you talking about that on the facebook i'm
1: I'm hung up on uh octopath like that's my game ever since i did that mod you know i I think i mentioned it last week and the week before i'm obsessed with that modded snes controller Mm -hmm. um and i play that's exclusively what i've been doing on the switch is playing that game like i'll also play mario kart i I think i mentioned last week that it it works perfectly mario kart 8 um switch with that controller but yeah i've been playing it and uh I've been seeing a lot of stuff online and people talking about using bewildering grace, which is one of primrose's abilities. And she does this crazy, like chaotic dance that can kill you if you're not careful. Oh, but it just introduces all this chaos to the battle and it can, but what it can do is it, you have the really rare chance of getting a times 100 multiplier on your experience, your job points or your experience.
0: Yeah. And you'll get a ton of, yeah, I know. Which I I haven't gotten that yet, but, um,
1: Depending on what battle you're fighting, you have to be careful to not use it and then possibly kill yourself and lose everything. But So you can get really greedy with it. It's like gambling, but I did say yeah. Uh, what I say about... I, I don't even remember what I said at the top of the show. I guess it's kind of controversial whether or not people use it because some people feel like it's cheating.
0: It's and there's there ways to,
1: to spam it with other people's abilities. And I haven't done that yet, but mostly I use... I do have one character I can donate battle points to primrose and keep like i can spam it that way but i can only do four at a time but uh i did i, I did want to mention um i was playing this really simple battle that should have netted me like 20 experience points and i got like 1500 but what's funny is i played i did bewildering grace times four which is like the maximum you can do it yeah and uh, without you know a perk or whatever and uh all that happened was the first thing was a monster appeared and it killed all the enemies and that was the end <laughs> of the battle So I'm like, okay, well, at the end of the battle, it showed my experience. And yeah, like I said, I got like close to 1500 experience and Uh gained. I think I gained two levels with my main character. Yeah. I I went from like 28 to like 30 or something like that. I was Uh like, what the heck? And so I think I'm really confused about that spell because did it continue for the other three? And it just didn't show me even though the bad guys died. That's must have been what had happened. But Uh I never saw a multiplier on screen that explained why I got so much experience for that battle. Yeah. And I, and I did capture a screenshot of it. I do have a screenshot of it. It's proof like kind of boggled my mind, but uh, I've seen, like I said, I've seen a lot of stuff on different forums about whether or not using that is cheating. I don't think it's cheating if it's in the game.
0: It's in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're, it's not like you're hacking the game or something. I don't don't think it's cheating. I mean, if you figured it out, then, and you broke the system then it's the game's I've fault i've gained a you know?
1: lot of i've gained a lot of levels really fast
0: yeah. using it yeah
1: and i haven't even used the exploits i've just done it with whatever i have within my party so but anyway yeah that's what i was mentioning and then uh speaking of that controller mm. that SNES controller i'm like obsessed with now i finally got all my controllers into one place and it's funny that i've never done that before but did, i, ha- did you I a- actually have all of my controllers in one like caddy now and i've got did you get a shoe
0: uh, organizer, like what I have? <laughs> no, it's
1: just a three-drawer. Right now, it's just like a three-drawer, like a caddy thing. Oh, okay. But I uh, have, I think, I 39 controllers, which is less than I actually thought. But um, Total? I, ha- I have 10 NES controllers, regular NES controllers, and then one uh, NES Max controller, and I have three zappers. Anyway, I just went through and, like, I found out I have, like, four N64 controllers. I thought I only had two.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So I've just kind of like lost track of what I actually have. And um...
2: I got a quick question for you guys on controllers. So I figure I'd step sure. in a little bit on stuff. I was down at the um, at a Retro Expo, Let's Play Gaming Expo in uh, Dallas. And there's places that can build controllers with the buttons in different order and all kinds of stuff like that. Sure. Is that a real common thing for people to do? Because they seem to be selling a lot of these things. There's mostly people playing Super Smash that want to, I guess, optimize their gameplay excessively.
0: Sure. Uh, well, I know there's a big, isn't there like somewhat a big market for like redesigned N64 controllers? Because yeah. that a lot of people don't like to try it. And I know I've seen ones that are pretty popular that are just the two, like kind of more like a GameCube controller than a 64 controller. I know, I they, also I know those know are that, big. Uh, uh,
1: Microsoft just recently like unveiled the uh, accessibility controller, which is for people that, you know, need specific input, input because that's the only way they can play. Mm -hmm. And it's got like all these different modules, and you can like completely customize a controller that way. It looks like it only has as as far as the accessibility, like mods go. That's definitely a mainstream thing right now.
3: Definitely, I think that you know, lately, obviously, social media, YouTube, people are more willing to look up and learn how to modify their controllers and have more fun with it, and and, Mm. um, you know, they're not afraid to make things their own, give it a try, modifying their controllers. I do feel like. I'm seeing more stuff like that, especially like on the NBC forums.
0: I see a lot of people posting, "Hey, I modified this controller and that controller." or well, especially yeah, which, are adding D pads to the switch, yeah. etc. Oh yeah, like yeah. The, with the Joy Cons, like redoing it. where like you do like the see-through shell and all that. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. And Jer- what Jeremy was talking about with his controllers, a uh, eight-bit dough. There's basically a thing where you can buy. You can buy a kit yep. where you can take apart your original controller and put yeah. a wireless thing in there. That's what, yeah. That's and, my yeah.
1: SNES controller now. It's like my my BAE or whatever they say. Bae, my bay. That's my favorite thing before right anything now. else
0: <laughs> or anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. know that's been Jeremy's thing. Is uh, yeah. The, I don't. I don't even use my Pro controller, controller
1: anymore because I've only been playing my Switch with that controller. Like I love it so much, and it's mm-hmm. my. Con- I played like Final Fantasy Three with that on my SNES back in the day. It's the same. Mm. Exact controller, just with the guts switched out.
2: Um, mind if I throw you guys a bit of a curveball on something that kind of just popped in my head while you guys were talking about something.
0: Sure, yeah, um, we'll go for it.
2: Sports games on on the um, on the Switch. There doesn't appear to be much of them, but I played one at um, E three. Um, wondering if you guys have have seen the demos on that mutant football league.
0: Yeah, game. yeah, no, yeah, I uh, did see that, yeah. Actually, I was, I was at E three too, and I saw it there. Yeah, a friend yeah. of the, a friend of the show, uh, Kevin Fair. He actually the last uh, Switch party that he did, they had that there. Like he had a demo of it of Mutant League. Okay. That's is, is and now I don't know that much about it, but is that like a sequel to the Sega Mutant Football League? It, it's
2: a spiritual successor made by the same original guy. Call it that.
0: Oh okay. So it is. It's, so it is like. So it does have similarities to it.
2: It does have similarities, but obviously it's been, it's been beefed up. I mean, it's it's. NFL Blitz and, and Madden mm-hmm. done with mutants and it's it's pretty brutal. You you said you you'd, you'd played the you'd played the game and everything. What did you guys what did you guys think about it? I mean, it's really the first semi-realistic sporting thing I've seen on the Switch.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, football for sure. I mean, there is there is FIFA on there and there is NBA uh Okay. The, the 2K the series, okay. but for football, there's not really a whole lot on there. So that's like, nope. like which is weird that, that EA went the route of FIFA and not Madden, which I didn't really understand that. But I guess maybe there's more, more people like FIFA worldwide, and that's why mm-hmm. they thought they'd sell more. But there are two, yeah, there is FIFA, there's FIFA 18 and FIFA 19 coming out as well. But, yeah, as far as football, I think that is all we really have for that. And I'm completely intrigued by it. I was Unfortunately, I was uh, too late for the Switch party, so I didn't get to actually play it. But I'm super psyched about it, and I'm probably going to get it regardless. And I know, like, Kevin knows somebody who works through that. Uh, A Jan, friend of the show Janet also did an interview with her. I was hoping to get her on the show when it gets closer to the release of that game. But, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, if, definitely if intrigued. you guys need
2: an extra person to get in the door, and get you through to Michael Menheim, uh, the, the producer of it. Um, If you guys are interested.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be cool. great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. No, it, it looks. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in it and I'm a, uh, I'm a pretty, it's pretty easy, easy to sway me on games. As you can see. I, We've I, talked I, I, a lot been, in the
1: past though, about uh, the lack of football games though. Like we have, we're yeah. not like big sports game players, but we're like, where's the damn football games? I do like, like those are still fun. Yeah. Games on the classic systems. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Really
3: wondering how he's, he's getting away with the, with the name. Cause it's so close to the. Maybe the maybe they just don't EA care. Trademarked yeah, 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 well, game, mutant football. Mutant football
2: league. Does have some kind of arrangements that he, It's it's all been passed through them and something like that they kind of given their blessing on it.
3: Hmm. I, okay. I
2: did a, did a um on the record and off the record kind of interview and stuff with him, and got to meet him at uh, Midwest Gaming Classic and then um and then when they debuted at E3, I mean yeah it's 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 a tight relationship because he re- made the original game for. For them, and then they just kind of let the property expire or something. Yeah. I can't remember. Something of that effect.
0: Yeah, it's, it's probably just, yeah, I was saying, like, maybe the name is just, it's not a thing anymore. Like, it's not, yeah, it probably was expired or there's not any sort of, like, copyright on it anymore, and it doesn't really matter. You know, it's probably, I think they just don't care, you know, about it. Probably some so, things, yeah. if you don't, because you have to renew certain things over time, and they just didn't, and, you know, it's fair game, is what I'm thinking. But I, what I was going to say is, uh, my, my i'm not really a huge sports person but i love like arcade sports games and i feel like there's oh, yeah. like there i feel like the presence of that has kind of like somewhat gone extinct over the years like there's not as many like i really miss like you know like the tony hawks or the nba jams or nfl blitzes like those type of games you don't really see a whole lot of those anymore and i'm i'm all for more of that coming back you know because i like football personally but madden in itself is a little too complicated for me to get into so i'm more into the more of the Tech Bowls or the Blitzes, mm-hmm. and I definitely want to play this Mutant League thing. So definitely, yeah, definitely intrigues that. to me. Yeah, I
2: know the, the Tech Bowl scene. There's still people playing a ton of that if you want to get out of it.
0: Yeah, no, Tech Bowl is great. I actually, uh, oh, I love Tech Bowl. The bar that I worked at, I brought my S- and my NES Classic there just to, and hooked it up to the TV to see if anybody was play would play it, and people just played Tech Bowl. Like that was the big winner was uh, people are just playing that because that game's great. I was I was just talking to the people playing. And I'm like, yeah, I like this game because there's only four moves for each team. So mm-hmm. it's really simple. Four moves, two buttons. That's the kind of football games I like. It's still, a ton of <laughs> strategy. Yeah, yeah. And It is still fun, you know, even now, like so many years later. Here is the news. I promise you, it's the news. Cool. All right. Well, uh do you guys want to talk uh we are going to talk Gamescom news real quick and then we'll and then we'll take a break and, and talk about the old school gamer magazine. But so Gamescom is going on right now. Uh, as we were saying earlier, there's uh there was a Nintendo Mini Direct. I don't want to go. I'm not going to go through like all of the games that were on there. I just want to say like, what is what are you guys into that you saw on there on the thing? All I was the only ones that really. I feel like the Switch has kind of got to the point that there's so many games in there that it's kind of like, I just can't keep up, you know? So I'm just kind of like, uh, uh, maybe that Space One and Morpheus. That was like all... And like what is it? Yaba and You, I guess. That one looked kind of cool, the the puzzle game. But a lot of those games were kind of like, uh, I feel over, overwhelmed by all the releases that I'm not as intrigued by those. And there were a couple that released on the day during that. There was a, what was it? Bad North and... uh Prison, prison, yeah. prison Constructor. which or prison, prison architect, is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that actually looked like it might be fun if you're into those type of games, but thirty dollars yeah, is they, a pretty hefty. Kind of cool. Thirty bucks is a pretty hefty asking price for something you don't really know anything about, though. Yeah. So, right, I agree. so I couldn't really, I couldn't really experiment with that one, but I could understand people enjoying that, like people who like like Roller Coaster Tycoon and. SimCity and stuff like that but uh i don't know from uh from evangeline gale slash uh daniel gulan uh he's gonna be on our show next week but he said that he really liked uh bad north which, like, which okay. i guess is like an rts game so i've seen i've people seen people talking I've about seen that good stuff
1: about it i've also seen that there's like bugs and stuff yeah in i also saw there's for.
0: game game breaking bugs as well what yeah. what stuck out in the video to you guys like in the mini direct
3: oh um i was intrigued by that first game they had the, the black and white Looked like an adventure
0: game in Paris where you're driving a cab. I thought that was pretty. Oh, pretty yeah, yeah. That looked. I thought it kind of looked like a point and click game. Is it? Yeah, was I, I wrong I was in thinking that? Kind of game, so, yeah, it was
1: like it was a, a navigation game.
3: slash detective game.
1: You know? Yeah. Like you had to navigate the city while you were kind of mm-hmm. grilling people, it seemed like, maybe a little.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Monster Boy was another one that. Monster the Boy, yeah. It looks great in that game. No, no, I did. Yeah, yeah I forgot. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one I'm super psyched about because it's the same guys who did. Uh, the remake of Wonder Boy, The Dragon's mm-hmm. Trap, Wonder Boy 3 Dragon's Trap last year, which was on my top 10 best games of the year because I love that game. So I am super excited to play what the, what their new rendition of is of it. And I think it's basically, with all the love that they had for Wonder Boy, I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Like, Monster Boy totally looks like it. Like, if you didn't know any better, you'd think it was a Wonder Boy sequel. So, and there's all the different transformations, the different characters and all that. So I'm very excited to play that once it comes out. And the
3: space shooter,
0: for me, like... I kept trying to look closer at that one.
3: It was like Everspace Is that what it was called? These spaceships. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it was called.
0: I want to say Everspace. I think Everspace is what yeah, you are right. I think it is. Yeah, um, it looks really just beautiful. Like Yeah, that that one yeah. that one stuck out to me as well. I, 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 there were a couple there was another one that was like the best new roguelite and I feel like every time I hear that now I kind of cringe every, because I'm kind of I, I was going to say because like I'm kind of tired of commentary likes.
1: of this event. I would have been like Okay, another roguelike game. Okay, another roguelike That was definitely the... There was at least three or four of them, you know, which is not even like a large percentage, but think about like Terraria. They didn't mention it's a roguelike, but it is.
0: That's in there too, yeah. Yeah, that was on there. And uh, I mean, as much as I love like Metroidvania games, I I don't know, I feel like kind of like I'm sort of a little sick of them now because there's so many of them. Like us slow it down. That's actually why I really, really like Yoku's Island Express because it is a Metroidvania, but it's a fucking pinball game also. So it didn't feel like the same. It didn't feel like the same game that was released a hundred other times on Switch. You know, I feel like there's so many. Like that's where like when Dead Cells came around. I'm sure it's a great game. I'm just tired of that type of game. So I just didn't bother with it. You know, I'm just like I'm just I'm just tired of Metroidvanias. I guess as of right now because I, cause I have like a wait a big backlog of like ten of them that I have to finish. <laughs> you know so i'm ready for some castle troids yeah right i want some <laughs> some castle roids that's like some sort of uh something you have to go to your doctor for yeah but uh if
1: you sit on top of a castle for too long
0: but uh is there anything else from the uh, mini direct that you guys want to mention i don't want to go through every game was. yeah like i was gonna that.
1: say i i was definitely uh monster boy was definitely the one that like jumped out at me the most because of how much i liked uh the dragon Right, right right um i never did finish it so that's kind of terrible but uh
0: you have to before you do the new one. <laughs> you should make yourself finish the other one. That's what I did with Wolfenstein. But
1: I think I got a little distracted by how much they kept mentioning roguelike and sort of like lost my
0: yeah. vision. And then <laughs> I
1: also was like, well, the big thing is Morphe's Law or whatever.
0: Yeah. But, uh, Which that was kind of a... That's almost like they've almost completed the circle now of all those games that I was interested in that were announced so long ago. Like, yeah. po- like Pocket Rumble finally came out. Morphe's Law finally came out. Like what do we have left? Wargroove? Is that the other thing that was, that was announced that I was really into? I think that really I might into? actually
1: get Terraria. Um, I bought it on the 360 and never played it, but that's the only place I've ever purchased that game before.
0: It's like a and 2D. I, I didn't get, ever yeah. get it
1: for the 3DS. It's been out for a while for that. Mm. I think it was out for the Wii U as well.
0: Isn't it like a 2D uh, Minecraft? That's yeah. kind of what I, like I gather from It's like Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, well, right when they said digging, I was like, SteamWorld Dig 3? Yeah, <laughs> that's what, what I like, thought. SteamWorld man. Dig
1: came after the fact but yeah well, sure it's... sure
0: yeah no, i know that yeah steam
1: world dig 2 is very terraria in a lot of ways
0: sure so uh yeah if, if you guys don't have anything more to say about the mini let's get into more gamescom news actually there yeah. were there were a couple things that were cursed of the podcast last week that just happened like right after we were done recording uh number one i think was uh was fucking diablo 3 uh announced officially for for the oh, nintendo really? switch which is uh, which is crazy because apparently it's going to use the Nintendo Online app for uh for voice chat, which is weird because Splatoon was the only thing that ever used that, yeah. and and also the cartridge, the physical cartridge won't have any, will have everything on it, like you won't have to yeah. get online and download anything extra. So
1: that's pretty cool.
0: That's some cool, th- the two cool things there. Were you guys were,
1: feature- were,
0: were any of you guys ever into Diablo? Like I never, I had a roommate that played the shit out of Diablo too, but well, I never like, hurts, but not me.
1: My I, brother like. His, I never
0: saw uh, the appeal Caesar of it. Diablo, yeah.
1: Diablo two <laughs> and three, he loved.
0: Uh, I can remember Diablo one being a pretty big craze uh, back when that came out, but I just I never got into it. I don't know. I, don't I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't understand the appeal of it. I guess it's. I don't know. It's. It just wasn't. It just wasn't my type of game. I guess. It's. I guess it's considered an RPG by many, but it wasn't the type of RPG that.
1: It's like I was a interested loot in RPG. Like it's the loot is a big part of it and. Uh, you take out, think of other games like that are loot based like I guess a big one would be uh shoot I already forgot the name Oh uh, uh Borderlands that's like a a loot based shooter like I don't know and like that's just a it's like a a genre like a subgenre within genres So it's like an action RPG looting game Mhm People love the Diablo games because, like, it's really rare stuff. You can get this really rare stuff, and it's super high powered. And
0: yeah, uh, I yeah. didn't like
1: approach approach battles in a different way than you normally would, or mm-hmm. yeah, become this unstoppable force. That's the goal of it.
0: I, I had a friend that would like make money from selling, uh, from selling like weapons, like a uh, rare weapons that she would find in Diablo too. So I mean, oh right, yeah, you those whole thing donate
1: stuff to other people so you could get a real world money for that stuff.
0: <laughs> real real world money. Yeah, no, Diablo 3 it's in the eShop now. Uh that it's I don't think there's a price or a date or anything like that, but yeah, that was kind of something that was teased about for a while and now it's uh now it's fully on there. Something uh, that happened. Also, uh there's a Splatfest this Friday, the most important one ever, a spoon versus fork. Yeah. I don't know where you stand on that one, Jeremy, but we could play it again if you want <laughs> on Friday. I wish there
1: was a spork, but...
0: I wish there were chopsticks. I would vote for that. I think yeah. uh, chopstick is the... I don't know. Man, Definitely supreme to That's a fork.
1: Uh, I'd have to say spoon because a fork's just a spoon missing parts.
0: Yeah. I was gonna, Well, I was going to say spoon just because, I mean, soup's like my favorite food, and spoons go with that. So
1: I, I think know. a spoon's way more versatile. Than a fork? Because yep. if you had two spoons you could flip them around and use them as chopsticks like you were saying.
0: Oh sure. Well I mean you could do that with two forks too. Well, <laughs> That's spork true. <laughs>
2: is, spork is the ultimate.
1: Well a spork is ultimate, but
2: right. yeah,
0: but it there's no in there's this no third category. Yeah, there's in this cat in this uh this Splatfest you have to vote for one or the other, so i will <sighs> probably end up going, can't with, choose
1: going with going
0: with uh, going with spoon, but you know. Maybe the teams could coordinate a tie and then they they could get spork. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. That, that's the way good it luck, ends
1: good luck holding a bunch of ink and a spork
0: mm. <laughs> that's the way it ends up ending in the end like a pearl and marina are like well you know we decided the sporks are cool so there you go also uh i know john's super excited about this but i am too uh saints row mm-hmm. the third was announced for switch yeah which uh I, i'm gonna go you guys can at me on twitter if you want but uh I'm going to go out on a limb and say the so- Saints Row Third is better than any Grand Theft Auto game that's ever been made. So hmm. you can uh, you can add me. You know what? You I
1: actually live in the town where that game was made.
0: In Champagne, Saints Row yeah. was really. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, it was Champaign uh, yet.
1: Yeah. Yep, uh, Volition Studios is in Champaign.
0: Did you play Saints Row Three? I played the third. Yeah, yeah. It's um, fucking I also fun played as hell. Grand Theft
1: Auto Five, so I have to disagree with
0: you. Oh uh, well, I never played Grand Theft Auto Five, but but Saints Row 3 is a, is a ton of fun like it's it's basically what i want from a GTA game i mean it even gets down to like i think you end up having superpowers in the end and there's even aliens and shit and like spaceships like it's That's basically cool. it's it's grand theft auto if it wasn't so like earnest and fun you know so i it's i more think off it's the game wall that never
1: takes itself seriously
0: yeah those are the type of games that i like like i don't like i don't like overly mature games i don't know i never played GTA 5 but i never really had the desire to either so that's, that's my good. That's I well, That's what I, would I, love that's what like, I feel. GTA Five on my Switch. So
3: that's why I'm going to buy things yeah. for the third. Yeah. Tell them, hey, look, people will buy these type of games.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, that, obviously, Rockstar made 100 billion dollars. Yeah, make 100 billion and ten. Why not? Obviously, Rockstar doesn't give a shit about that because they've only released. LA Noir which you can get for $25 now on, on the eShop it's the lowest it's ever been but uh yeah i mean they it, could
1: bring bully and make some money like they probably know they can
0: make some money just porting stuff yeah but they don't which is weird i mean they, their bully was on Wii even
1: i know? mean how cool would it be to get like the Red Dead games i've never played those that'd be sweet if they were on the
0: switch i have i have it for PS3 i played the i played a little bit of the zombie dlc or whatever for it it came free in some halloween pack that i got with a bunch of other shit that i didn't play but uh <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know it's a uh, yeah i mean i wonder it's weird that they don't that they haven't made the switch plunge yet I find that very strange since everybody else is kind of jumping on it but cooler cooler than that possibly there's also uh grandia one and two hd versions were announced for switch i'm super yep. excited about that uh grandia well grandia one was a saturn game right and Grandia 2 is a Dreamcast game, I believe. I think that's... Yeah, I had yeah. Grandia
3: 2 on Dreamcast. I don't know about the... I, thought, I think Grandia 1 was on PlayStation and uh, Saturn. So, yeah. The yeah, 2 yeah. came out on Dreamcast, and I actually owned it. I got it very shortly after it first came out, um, based on, I think, the review that IGN gave, actually. They said it's a different kind of RPG. And, uh, you know, I don't traditionally play too many RPGs, but mm-hmm. this one, they have a, a unique battle system that makes it more action-oriented Sure. That's, that's why I liked it. Um, uh, yeah, it really appealed to me to have the anime style, which um, at the time I hadn't played too many anime games, but I liked anime. And I was excited to have a fully voice acted game. Yeah, and uh, the battle system. That's what really got me. Mm-hmm. It's, but, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get it again. I'll probably pick it up, especially if it's uh, a good deal, you know, 40 bucks or so. I would get
0: get those for sure. Forty bucks for both, right? I think I think they're going to release. So, yeah. I think they're going to release separately. Is what it seems like. That's another oh, thing about Saints Row. Like I have Saints Row the Third for PS3. I played through most of it, like probably about eighty percent of it. And I would, I, as much as I like that game, I wouldn't. If they pull a Nintendo and release it for sixty bucks, I'm definitely not getting it. <laughs> I mean, they would have to be mm-hmm. like thirty dollars or less, maybe even like twenty dollars or less. For, for me to get that I think one. I would still get it for 60 but you know it's a I mean it's a 7 year
1: old game at this point. It's a 7 so. year old game though. Is there a Saints Row 4 already? There is. There is it was yeah. on
0: PS4. Yeah. I never played that one. From what I heard it was too it wasn't too much different from 3 like it kind of felt more like Except a you start like out with DLC. Yeah. But it felt more like DLC than a, than a complete new game is what I heard was the main main criticism of it. But uh I know I know a, a, my roommate did. He played it. But uh yeah, I mean, it, it's a 7-year-old game. If they release it at 60, that's just kind of like, come on, dude. But then again, I guess they are re-releasing uh, Carnival games at 60, and that's like a, what, a 10-year-old game? At least the Wii game, so who knows? Who knows what's Tales happening?
1: Tell us all this time.
0: But, uh, but speaking of stuff that's not 60, uh, the Mario price, the Mario Party price has been like... Has, has been spotted in the eShop. It's going to sell for 50 instead of 60 so that's cool. And it's going to have a 2.7 gigs download space on there, so that's pretty rad. I'm, I'm planning on getting out of that game still. I mean, there's nothing that's going to stop me I'll from get getting it. it. There's There's been a lot of video stuff about it from Gamescom as well, so more fun stuff. You know, more it's going like to be a package with it... Joy-Con, too. Did you see that? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah there's, there's a package
3: the with, with a uh, special color Joy-Con. Oh, okay like so on that...
0: green and and pink I think but yep. that, but that'll be like 80 bucks probably right or like a hundred right. bucks or whatever that's coming about a month after the game oh, okay because I was gonna buy I was gonna buy like a, a set of joy cons for it so I could do full-on fourth player you know out of the box but I was like if it's if it's gonna be a bundle when it releases then I'll then I'll get it then but I guess not so but yeah I mean I, I'm still planning on getting more this will be my
1: first day one Mario party.
0: Oh, you're going to get it? You're decided that you're on it? You're oh, on, You're yeah. on the Mario I'm Party on the, boat? I'm on the Viking. Nice. But apparently, Blizzard says uh, says that Overwatch, can, that, that Overwatch is possible on Switch. I saw an interview with them. They're saying that it's possible to put it on there. But they have not officially announced it on there. That's just a small thing I wanted to mention.
1: They're just like, yeah, they're teasing it why yeah. why not just keep talking about it like it's going to happen eventually
0: i mean i think it would if they're going to say that they can make it work why not you know i mean why would you they're even, pro- i mean maybe they're already that?
1: working on downscaling it for mobile or something and yeah they're like well we can make it work on switch
0: too maybe they're kind of testing the waters they want to see how many people will say like that they'll get it just from announcing that i don't know or just for saying that it'll work I think that's a no. Bra- I think anything on Switch is a pretty much a no-brain now. No so brain I don't yet. know
1: much about A Hat in Time, but I did see that got announced, and
0: mm-hmm. I guess
1: previously the developers had implied it would never be on the Switch.
0: Well, or so have people kind of said a that before, <laughs> like uh, just like Night Trap, right? It won't ever be on a yeah. Nintendo system.
1: But uh, I I don't know much about Hat and Time, but it's gotten rave reviews, and uh, people talk about it being a time suck of a game mm-hmm. that it really pulls you in, and you can spend a ton of time on it. So.
0: Yeah, I heard people I saying it was good. I don't
1: know anything about it, but yeah. I'm excited that it's coming to the Switch.
0: Yeah, uh, that that game, The Messenger, is coming out next week. Also, I don't know if you we talked about that last week, but the one where it's like the eight bit and the sixteen bit where you like travel between. Oh like, yeah, two things. You know, that's look. It comes out on the thirtieth. Like, I'm pretty psyched about that game. I'll probably have to get that. And uh, I didn't say it earlier, but obviously our pick of the week for this week is uh, Night Trap. In case, in case you don't, in case you don't know, and it's it's still only like thirteen something, I think. Um. Walking Dead season one through three, I guess, is going to be released soon. They released four last week. Uh, season one will release on August twenty eighth, so that's pretty cool. Also, uh, I watched. Uh, I've been watching our our friend Billy Mitchell has been on uh, Twitch lately. Apparently, he broke a million on there on a live stream. Did any of you guys see that? I, I did not. Did I don't. See. I don't know if he's playing on a real uh, arcade machine or not. Do you? Do you know him, Ryan? I'm very sure. I'm sure you've met Billy before, right?
2: I, I know Billy, and the the weekend that they took him. Off of all those high score lists, I was with him in, in at Milwaukee. Oh,
0: okay, yeah.
2: that video that that he basically came back and said, "I'm going to prove y'all wrong," kind of thing. Yeah, I filmed that thing. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, you I, filmed I, it. I, yeah, I was I was there for all that stuff. And yeah, people have been attacking him personally on stuff. And the whole advice I had for him in the whole equation is just go out and publicly yeah. show that you can pull off that ballpark of scores again. Sure. And then then the 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 doubters. Well, at least fade a little bit because it's not like he can't be the first to do something again because what he did back then has since been repeated by others. You can't redo it. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. But but just prove that you have the skill set to do, to do that and that'll back people off a lot. And he's now proven it a couple times on live streams in front mm-hmm. of a crap load of people. Yeah. He's never, he's never going to get his Twin Galaxies stuff back because they seem to have something out for him.
0: Yeah. There's politics. Well, he's there. a – from what I understand, he's like – they said he's banned permanently from there, right? Yeah, Is so what they he, said. He, won't, yeah. he won't
2: be doing anything with them at all anymore. But, I mean, there's plenty of other – there's other high score systems. And, you know, no matter where it stands with with the different high scores, he's been some someone who's really kept the retro gaming community going sure. and kicked stuff up. He's been a great spokesperson for all that kind of yeah. stuff. So I, I, I thank him for that, no doubt about it.
1: We were there – like we were at – we were both – Trey and I were at Midwest Gaming Classic, and we were hashtagging Billy Mitchell Got a Raw Deal. Yeah. <laughs> like Everything we posted on Twitter. And we I, I did, wasn't... We did, we did yeah. feel like he kind of got, like, crucified for, you know... Yeah, I wasn't whatever, trying maybe to... one little thing. I wasn't did, trying did, to make fun of
0: him or did anything. Did you I think... see the t-shirts he was he had out there, too? Oh, no. What were those? No, I didn't see his t-shirts.
2: He had these tuxedo t-shirts, you know, like the standard tuxedo shirt you could buy at like Walgreens or whatever, that had a little sticker that said, Not Mame on it. it was, oh, wow. And it was, you know, <laughs> it was good good parody of himself he's kind of joking with it himself but it i've been with him and talked enough with him that he people are going after his family and causing all kinds of trouble and his well, son yeah. that's in and i think the naval academy in annapolis was getting you know crap thrown at him you know verbally and stuff like that it's like just chill on the guy i mean yeah that's never hasn't been yeah. proven either way all that the the people at um Twin Galaxies have said is that it wasn't done under this circumstances, mm. under the new rules sure. of how we do stuff. Yeah, yeah, he did the stuff a long time ago. Well, so. I mean,
1: we—I I had a chance to meet him, and he actually gave me a copy of your magazine. Okay, um, cool. He was standing in front of the—you <laughs> in front of your booth, but um, yeah, that's where I met him. He, he was really warm and nice, and like uh, talked to me, and like hung out, and did a photo, and. I don't know. I thought he was a cool dude. Like as far as that's concerned, like as a human being. Yeah, I mean, he came across as like very human, genuine.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know all the details of whatever you know happened with the meme thing or whatnot. But I mean, I think that I think Billy Mitchell is a super nice guy. He's always been cool to me. Every t- you know, every time I have hung out with him, and I wasn't trying to make fun of him with the Billy got Billy got a raw deal thing. I was just trying to have fun, like on Twitter I, and all I, that. No, no, no. I think I wasn't I think atta- we I've never him, attacked yeah. him or anything. Yeah, well, I just uh, want to. I just okay, want to clarify. That can rock a mullet like he can. Sure, yeah, right. <laughs> And a white suit. Jeez. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, did watch some of his stream on Twitch, and yeah, it looked looked legit to me. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it, exactly what you said, Ryan. I mean, just it's we're in that type of place where he doesn't necessarily need Twin Galaxies. He could like, nope. you know, he can become a do like Twitch affiliate stuff or probably Twitch partner. I mean, he's got a lot of followers. You know. Or, or you even like need YouTube, you whatever just... you know, whatever you know. We're in the world where you can I have make money elsewhere. Have a live
1: video stream of what he's doing.
0: Yeah, if you got enough, if you're, if enough people are watching your shit or listening to it, you can, you can do whatever. You know, <laughs> that's kind of the world we live in. Is there, are there any other news things that I'm that I'm forgetting? That you guys, uh, I think that's all I have on my list. Uh, yeah, oh wait, they, actually, you know what? There's the the, the, item, but, uh... the Sega thing. I, I didn't talk about that. I guess. Oh
3: yeah, there's there's that. Um, yeah, we talked about that first. Uh, the Sega games are getting. Released on Switch, but with updates as well. So I forget what the specific updates were. Oh, like they're talking about for Fantasy Star. So like people don't. Um, I guess some people felt like the certain systems in Fantasy Star were a little bit outdated, and so they're going to get them get the game redone and make it bring it up to speed a little bit
0: more. There's a. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. remember exactly how so, uh, but, auto mapping is a big thing on there, yeah, right? Yeah, mapping. Yep. Because actually, I have I have final well, I have Fantasy Star Collection for Game Boy Advance and uh, i played a little bit of fantasy star 1 on there and i feel like it was kind of hard to get into i guess i played through fantasy star 4 i think that game's still incredible and very easy to get into but mm-hmm. it can it can be a little difficult to to grasp and i've always wanted to play through that game because it's such a monumental rpg for its time and all that so so i'm excited to play that but i guess in sega instead of doing a sega ages for switch they're just going to go the uh the milking route and just release everything separately and and make more money off of it, right? That seems like what they're trying to do, which is kind of what we thought. Yeah, their own version of Virtual Console, which I'm surprised they're not doing that yet. I mean, I'm sure SNK is making a good amount of dough off of that off of releasing their like arcade arcades every year or every week and even same with like some of those other ones like johnny's turbo arcade or whatever all those other like re-releases they've done of like of like bad dudes and and uh and like double dragon and other weird ass arcade stuff that they've been releasing on switch i'm sure it's all making money you know so so go for it that's what i say is that sure. what you're gonna say or was there another thing
3: uh one more thing was that they're releasing a comics reader app
0: Oh yeah, the Inky Inky thing. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's called Inky Pen. It's coming yeah. out in
3: November. So that's fascinating to me. Not just you know that it's comic straiter, but another non-game
0: application coming to Switch. Yeah. I one uh,
1: of very few.
0: Yeah, one of very few. I really hope that they do. Uh, I would. I would love it if they would release like Marvel Unlimited on there. Which I have, I have that on that my... That seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, why not? Yeah. Like, it's a great... I mean, if you don't... I'm sure I've mentioned it before on this. It's like Netflix or Marvel. You can basically read all the Marvel comics, like, within the last, like, six months. And I love it. I, I, you're able to read all sorts of fun shit on there. It'd be really cool to have it on the Switch. I use it on my phone, yeah. and well, I would, I would use, use it on my Switch, a, Switch yeah, as well. What a tablet-type device. Yeah, I would totally use right. it on the Thomas. Switch if it was on there. You know. But and then, Switch of course... The Switch me
3: seems like yeah. the perfect size for that kind of thing versus sometimes, you know, an iPad big enough you're not going to carry it around everywhere and your phone is a little bit too small to really replicate a comic page mm-hmm. but the
0: switch is like you know they kind the of just right size yeah mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a giant cell phone pretty much it's like the uh yeah. the phablets i guess as they would call them
4: mm-hmm.
0: cool all right uh, if you guys uh, if we're good on news let's take a break and then we'll talk uh, about the magazine quick break all right i'll be right back <laughs> about a retro old school gamer magazine I, I know i've seen you around in different uh in different uh, conventions and whatnot um and i read uh, i read some of the last issue that i read i read your what you wrote about the GoldenEye mockumentary movie that came out and all that did, did, did you see the movie i didn't i didn't even know about it actually i but is it yeah. available is it streaming on anything or is it easy to find i think
2: it's i think it's streaming i can't remember i mean i was i was let in the door early and really it truly reminded me of king of kong nice and they're partially making fun of it Hmm. but the thing is so much of the stuff that they in there that was mocking it it had a degree of truth i mean it was just kind of expanding upon everything else that you know that of what it was like it was it's good um i gotta find out what the story is on it i'm pretty sure it's out there let's see um i don't know what the web address let's see oh I'll, i'll find it but yeah i mean it was it was a neat it was a neat movie no doubt about it
0: for sure. What was and, the name of the movie? It was something like, you... uh, wasn't it like, uh, go, something, it was, it was. Something...
2: Going, going for Goldeneye.
0: Yeah, Going for Goldeneye. Yeah. I was going to uh, say, okay. something like. Going for Goldeneye.co.uk. Oh, okay. You can find it there. Nice. Well, uh, d- tell us what you've been doing with the with the magazine, or what's going on right now with Old School Magazine. What, what was the last thing? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was a. Con- I think there was a convention like last week, right? Wasn't there? Just something in. Uh, I saw. I saw advertisements. When, yeah. Um. The, the
2: the latest thing we've been doing um is is our Kickstarter. We're trying to stir up a little bit more excitement and interest towards the magazine. Okay. But I guess let me start. Let me give the short version of how I got to this point first, if you don't mind. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. No, where, wherever you want to start from let's uh yeah we can do that Uh, what what brought you to uh to this or where did you uh
2: my basic story is i've been a publisher for about 25 years uh both online and in a print magazine and run a trade show for mobile disc jockeys literally since 1995 we were one of the first websites out there for for mobile djs Mm -hmm. i saw that some different people had attempted to launch magazines in this retro arena and hadn't gotten real far with it um and decide I'd take a shot at it. I mean, I, I spent some time talking with, with some players in the industry and see who all's, you know, interested in getting involved. And we put together pretty much a um, an all-star team of writers and people involved in the magazine. And even, even with all of that going for us, it's still a tough fight. I mean, launching a magazine in the world of, of digital everything free is a tough thing to do.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean – yeah, I mean, do you get any? I, I, I mean, do you get any sort of uh, money from advertisers or stuff like that, or how does it, how does it work in the in the online as an online magazine? Like, it's, uh, do you get to see like how many people have downloaded or looked at it, or is it? Uh, I don't. Well, I'm, I, I'm look, very. It's we, very we, foreign we to we me. We do the
2: online magazine for totally free. Yeah, the, the digital ver the digital version is free. It is a print magazine also that you can subscribe to. So we are making we're making a little bit of money off of advertising and a little bit of money off of subscriptions. Um, nothing amazing, but it's kind of feeding my hobby too. Sure. So I'm, it's, it's letting me travel to all these expos and have fun with them. So I think, yeah. I, I've got to make it make some money in the end uh, because I'm putting a lot of time and a lot of investment in it. But of course, yeah. In the end, it's kind of a labor of love. I mean, it's, it's, you know. of of what I'm doing with all this. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I hear you, man. Uh, and you, and you have a, like how many writers do you have on that? Probably per magazine.
2: In each issue, there's probably 12 to 15 writers. And then we have another probably 10 to 15 of them that are, that writers additionally that write for the online, um, for the online, uh, blog Mm
4: -hmm. on
2: stuff. And we basically take the bigger topics, the ones that we think even more people would be interested in. And we put them in the magazine. Uh, the issue I'm working on right now, actually, Oh, Where to put it? Uh, I don't want to pull up my InDesign on stuff. The issue we're working on right now, uh, Michael Thomason wrote a bunch of articles for I don't know if you guys ever talked with him. He at one point had the world's largest collection of video games. Wow. 10,000 pieces. Uh, Guinness cool. Book of World Records level stuff. Um, Leonard Herman writes for us. He's, he's a well-known scribe within the thing, within everything. And we've got a lot of other people that have come to us that are just interested in, in spreading the word. Our big thing we're trying to find out is finding a niche among the podcast stuff like yourselves,
0: sure, yeah, the
2: the, uh, the blogs, all that kind of stuff. We're trying to find a niche that the magazine can serve better than anybody else can because of our unique format. is what we do, and we're starting to find it. But we're we're a little bit under a year into this, and we're still trying to find our own to a degree.
0: Sure, yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to get people to look at stuff, but I, I feel like you guys are out there like on most of like i said we've we've both in the different conventions we've gone to we've seen your presence though so you you guys are definitely out there for sure well i'd say like
1: uh in my case your magazine is a piece of ephemera because it was handed to me by billy mitchell you know like (laughs) so there's a little special instance i have of the one you know issue i have of your magazine but that's a special it's a special
2: volume yeah i mean it's we're, we're, doing all the expos. We're doing all these events. We're talking with the people that are making these retro game consoles and units and yeah. things like that. The, the HDMI, um, stuff like retro bit and hyperkin. We're trying to get some backing to keep the advertise, to keep the magazine costs down, but it's still, it's, it's expensive to print, you know, a magazine on thinly sliced trees. Mm-hmm. Which affects the world <laughs> But but the whole thing is is I mean, just like I mean, you guys are talking about all these digital downloads and all that kind of stuff and everything. But I'm assuming from from stuff when you collect the older stuff, yeah, we can all play it on emulators and do all kinds of other things mm. and play the new releases on the Switch of the old games. But I personally still like and I think you guys do too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely an old
2: school cartridge that you put oh, yep. in there.
0: A hundred percent tune
2: your T V to channel three. So I mean being a magazine that is, again, old school,
0: mm-hmm.
2: printing it made sense for
0: us. It's oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it definitely it definitely fits, that type of thing. And I'm not I'm not really into it. It retains
1: it. a physical form as the digital world yeah. grows and decays
0: simultaneously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm... much of, like, old digital stuff from, like, the early 2000s is gone because it's just, like, lost to...
0: Oh, yeah, some of it. As far as, like, yeah. being internet
1: exclusive, I mean, like... Uh,
0: some of it you can't get?
1: You, right. There's even certain games, like, you can't get, like... You can't buy games on the old Wii Shop anymore, and like, yeah, you can't get hold of like Scott Pilgrim. I think that's a game that was like on Xbox 360 and really? PS3. Like, you can't buy that game anymore because oh. it was never physical.
0: Oh, weird. I, I I didn't know that. That game has a sick yeah. uh, sick soundtrack. Yeah, no, I I'm definitely in the collection. I'm I'm a collector myself, so I I I prefer. Uh, I have a, a CRT. TV over here, you can't see it, but I have all my old systems hooked up to it, and I have a bunch of cartridges and all that that I still yep. play. You have a large collection of Nintendo Power magazines right behind you. I, I do, yes. yes. I, I noticed
2: that <laughs> as soon as you dialed in with me right before we started the show up, it's like, ah, I can see your power.
0: Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the ones I held on to, well, I mean, I, I have like, I mean, I have most of them, I mean, I, I've been collecting them since I was a kid, but I put up the ones that I thought had the coolest covers, basically what I was going for but uh you um, know lots not
2: of... taking the the focus totally off of what we're doing but have you guys checked out that Nintendo Force magazine?
0: No. No, no. is that is that a newer one? I'm so...
2: Oh, you you guys haven't heard of that? I heard about something before the Nintendo Kings.
0: Oh yeah. Nintendo <laughs> Force
2: is sort of like Mutant League Football to Mutant Football League. Yeah. It's 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 run in the same vein as Nintendo Power was. It's mm-hmm. all done via Patreon. It comes out every month in print.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, okay. I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've heard the name, but I haven't read it. Yeah. I mean, it's the days of me me buying magazines. I think it's kind like, yeah, I
1: think it's like the Nintendo Power Podcast, but the video game? No, I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: No, well, I don't um, think it has anything do, to do with the Nintendo check Power it out, guys. Podcast. It's a
2: very high quality magazine. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's done very, very well. I wish I had as good a graphic designers working for me, but they are,
0: from what I understand, they're the most popular magazine on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And they're okay. and they're actually making money then, right?
1: So they're they're like a digital slash maybe physical magazine. Also,
0: have you uh, have you thought about? Yes, it is. It's just like us. Have you thought about taking old school mag- a gamer magazine, to Patreon, like to offer uh, stuff through uh, that?
2: We do offer through Patreon. We've got about sixty or seventy people uh, subscribing to it that way. Uh-huh. There has been over the last ten years probably five or six different retro video game magazines trying to serve this market Uh, and some of them have caused trouble, uh, with their subscribers. So I figured I better offer it as a Patreon, So people's biggest loss is like six or $7
0: at the most. So,
2: so we do offer it through Patreon, and then we did just launch the uh, Kickstarter to try to start up some even more excitement on it.
0: So is, so the Kickstarter, is that just to, um, help fund more print issues or is there or is there more to that? Like what do you, what exactly are you guys uh, raising what money we're for? Doing,
2: what we're doing with Kickstarter is basically trying to find the magazine on the front end instead of the back end of it coming out of my personal budget. Sure. Okay. Um, is we're, we're trying to kick things up a little bit more in advance. Uh, we offered a couple other packages and stuff like that, that went beyond just the normal Kickstarter. I mean, our, our, our minimum package is just a donation, uh to help us make the digital magazine you get access to the digital magazine which is free anyway.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um then we have our subscription which is the same price as we charge for a subscription now. And then we came up with kind of a swaggy version of it that you can get a cool t-shirt, a keychain, a Walter mm-hmm. Day book, um j- just oh, some cool. some different kind of cool stuff that's out there.
0: Yeah, I noticed that Walter Day wrote. He writes a column for each issue, right?
2: Yes, he does. I'm waiting for next for the next one. We go to a press on Monday. I got to call him and bug him about that. Goes, so are you the
1: person I'm like? Kidding. So is he like tell Billy this, and Billy's like tell Walter this to you.
2: The the, the two of the, the two of them talk all the time. Probably.
1: Oh,
0: okay. But oh, they do still. Talk? So you're
1: not you're not the awkward person in the middle.
2: No, no. I I, I mean, I i probably I don't know how to describe it. If the three of us go out to lunch, I'm the guy that doesn't attract attention because no one knows who I
0: am. Uh, oh, okay. So, how long did it take you to get the first issue out on this? Like, um, what when? What was the like? Well, when when was that? And uh, how how long did it take to get enough people get the people together and to put put the uh, articles together and all that?
2: Um, I started working on this in July, and we got our first issue out in November. Oh, okay. I started. I took it public in about September, and basically what we did is we offered free first issue of the magazine in, mm-hmm. in print mm-hmm. and you still get that if you sign up for the digital version of it, we'll send you the first issue in print to check it out and see what you think of it and we attract a lot of attention and we attracted our first probably 50 subscribers uh really quickly because people said that's exactly what i want 30 bucks is not a big deal i'm gonna dive straight at it so then it just started building from there but once we started asking people you know we went to established writers that have done this and you know kind of stuff we got a lot of material in there. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a good amount of the stuff in the first issue myself. Now I avoid writing stuff. There's people that mm-hmm. know a lot more than I do. I mean, for, for instance, you know, if I wanted to cover Nintendo, I'd be reaching out to someone like yourselves that is really into that exact topic. Sure. If I wanted to cover Intellivision, I would be reaching out to of specific yeah, Intellivision yeah. people. If I wanted to cover black and white arcade machines from the 1970s i'm sure there's a facebook group <laughs> yeah. that covers that sure so i want to have experts in that field not just surface stuff of uh, people writing stuff because they looked it up on wikipedia and rephrased it
0: of course yeah well right. yeah nobody wants that. Well, um, is there a is is there like someone uh someone fairly big that you had on the magazine that you're that you're proud of like aside from like walter day like is there like a specific uh article that you guys put out that you thought was uh was from, a, I mean, do you guys do stuff from developers or like famous collectors or like, um, what would you uh, say is like probably one of your biggest? Uh, one column on I've
2: been excited about, we're putting in about every other issue, is a guy named Warren Davis. He is the original programmer that did Qbert. Mm-hmm. So okay. he's, Q- he's Qbert's dad. Um, and he has been writing about stuff from back literally in the day. He wrote about the, about the early whatever it was that happened before E3 in the way of conference, CES and some of that kind of stuff mm. about what the expos were like back then. He wrote a neat article
4: on any
2: cross path that with that kind of, stuff. he was a neat guy I got to hang out with him at, um, at E3 a little bit. Mm. And he, you know, you know, a a, 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 guy who has all this stuff in his head and he's just sitting there typing it out and writing some neat material. He's going to write something for issue number seven, talking about the digitizing system for mortal combat he wrote the software that worked on some funky Targa card wow. that would digitize in Johnny Cage and Scorpion mm-hmm. and those kinds of guys yeah. into the original uh, gaming system. And also this is really?
0: jam. Wow. Oh yeah. Like the whole, like, you know, basically filming the actors and putting them in there as uh, sprites. Yep. Right. The, yeah. the guy
1: who made Qbert was in a show. I had no idea. Yeah. He,
2: he was, he was, he was deep. He was deep inside of that um, at Midway.
4: Had uh, no nice. idea.
2: Yeah. So, it's just been it's been neat interaction, you know, to be able to walk up to Gary Kitchen and and, and David Crane at E3 and just sit and talk with them mm. and pick their brains on who else I should be talking to to get involved with because it's reaching out to these people that were the rock stars of the video game industry in the 1980s. Is the just Gary like
1: Kitchen, a- I th- I think I saw yeah one of his uh, I think I saw his presentation at the port Portland.
2: Yeah, I, I did. I didn't make it out for that because I was too busy. He, was he
1: the guy that did the first Easter egg, or he's like credited with the first Easter egg?
2: No, that that was Warren Robinette going back. Yeah, to- that's what
1: I'm thinking so. of. Yeah,
2: but um, he did a bunch of he did a bunch of he made the first he made Donkey Kong. He did a bunch of other stuff, and he was part of that group that formed Activision when him okay. and, and and Crane broke out. Mm.
3: There must be a challenge, you know, doing an old sca- old school gamer magazine, where I I, I imagine maybe you don't have a whole lot of breaking news. It must be a challenge to come up with a whole magazine's worth every issue. I imagine it's a lot of, like I said, talking to people, meeting people, meeting some of the old guys, and just getting yeah. them to, to the, uh, the, the newest their guts. Stuff,
2: yeah, the newest stuff we've ever had in there is we had about three paragraphs or four paragraphs of E3 coverage, but we yeah. only covered the retro arena. I kind of mentioned some of the other games that my, my sons were interested in. I had... A 17-year-old son and a 19-year-old son both got into E3 with me, and they had an absolute blast. I said, guys, yep. just for you being here, you got to help me write an article or two. Tell me a couple other games that you think were cool. Because on the new stuff, we're only really doing coverage of, like, an old-school property, like Mario Kart or, or mm-hmm. some of that effect or Smash mm-hmm. or something. We'll we'll do a little bit of coverage of that, but it's got to be really an old-school thing. Or, for instance, um, I kick-started that – what was the unit called? The, the – um, Oh, Jeremy Parrish put out a unit for the for the switch that allows you to turn your your your, your switch. Grip. Oh, yeah, the
0: flip grip. Yeah. yeah,
2: we're gonna do some coverage on that once I get it. But there's not cool. a lot of stuff that's you know retro new. So I really had about ten people at all of E3 that really talked to mm. the people that are you know putting out stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's yeah, and it's hard it's hard to figure out what to what to cover. I guess it, we, for you it would be like trying to figure out i guess what the big interest is in the retro world like what people are talking about and what they would be yeah. interested in reading about and stuff like that which is difficult you know like a uh, i mean i don't i mean i don't know how much you've gone into it but i've tried i've tried to like stream some retro stuff and it's hard to get people to to figure out what people actually want to watch you know it's, yeah, it's, it's easier to it's
2: really finicky and really niche because there are mm-hmm. so many areas i mean imagine you know there's currently what three three major consoles out there and all these different things covering it I have to cover twenty five consoles in some form and keep mm-hmm. all these individual people happy with a little bit of coverage about what their favorite baby was at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a, a lot of it is just um, yeah. It's it's got to be about about the games that that they were collecting and whatnot. Are
1: there people like telling you like you're favoring certain consoles over the others and all that in your coverage? <laughs> I'm sure, are people you, tell you all sorts with of any things. Backlash <laughs> as far as that's concerned.
2: Not much, and of course they want more of different kinds. Like, for instance, I'd love to get some more pinball-related stuff in there because pinball sure kind okay. of a video game console and arcade, mm-hmm. guys. I just got to find some good writers to cover it. So we're trying to get on the blog everything. I mean, if, if I could find one person that would write on the TI-99-4A mm-hmm. every week or two, great, I would get that. But I wouldn't publish that okay. except for maybe one overall retrospective on the whole machine yeah. ever in the magazine because it's not worth it the
0: pages yeah i was gonna say it wasn't nate lockhart into that we could uh, we might know a guy friends of
2: friends that are in, into different units and and i'd love to have someone i could pull on if i wanted to do something specifically on that we have been doing uh theme issues like friends the issue i'm working on right now is pop culture and um actually let me see if i've got it uh let's see if I'll pull, i can pull it up real quickly in this pop culture we're going to cover uh pac-man fever we're covering tron because i crossed over into regular pop culture
0: mm. we're covering oh.
2: um happy meal
0: toys oh nice, nice. Uh, that's which, cool yeah, yeah that i mean a cool
2: thing back in the time
0: yeah yeah no i think that's a great uh, those thing transforming read about
1: happy meal toys are so cool yeah
2: and, mm. so i mean uh, let's see if i you know, i've got cool coverage on all the different cons that are related um digital press video games i don't know if you guys ever been out to that store new jersey is a fantastic store we're doing other stuff but other issues like the next one we're going to work on and hey this is exclusive you guys are finding on first nice is going to be on fighting games okay nice you want to cool. come away from karate champ and karateka up through probably smash mm-hmm. going through mortal Kombat, going through street fighter yeah. going through oh my gosh virtual fighter mm-hmm. all those different types of games
4: Hell and yeah. that's
2: a and our issue will be probably about half to two thirds about that, and then there'll be some of the regular columns that that may not be exactly on topic. Very cool,
0: nice, yeah, definitely. Let me ask you, uh, what what level do you have to be on Patreon to get a to get a, a, a issue sent to you? Like, are there tiers like that where you can? Uh, like, is there like a ten dollar level where you get like um, a mo- monthly subscription or a yearly subscription or whatever, Or, um, or as long as you're it's on the a, Patreon? Um,
2: Six dollars ninety five cents or something like that. We come out every other month. So okay. it's basically every other month you're paying six, seven six six dollars ninety five cents to get it mailed to you in the U S.
0: Oh, that's not bad at all. Did you say it was thirty good, for man. a full year.
2: It's thirty for a full year subscription, okay. um, in print delivered to your mailbox, approximately the middle of every other month.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um. For everyone that's listening, uh, that's that's like a what's that like a cup of coffee? Uh, about you know it'd be what two fifty an issue
2: with Starbucks coffee?
0: Yeah. 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 I mean it's a uh, and it it'll stay with you longer than the coffee.
2: Yeah, well, one thing we did that people got a real kick out of it. I don't know if if you guys remember from, from when you got your magazines or if um, the the couple a couple of you that picked up ones. We're putting a poster in every magazine too. Oh, yeah. nice! That was, yeah. that was a thing back in the day. Yeah, no. The... So, um, essentially our cover is going to have is is a poster also, um, and you know the next one that we're putting out is actually a parody of a Atari catalog from 1980 something. Mm.
0: Oh, that's, that's oh, wow! Yeah,
2: cool. So
3: yeah, no, yeah, I, I got the issue with the Donkey Kong poster. Was that the first issue?
2: Uh, The Donkey Kong poster was the second issue and if you look at the poster it's actually got Billy and Walter down in the bottom corners of it also.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a really cool poster. That was what, uh, you know, I I thought your cover on that one was really, really attractive and what told me that, you know, this wasn't some run-of-the-mill magazine. You guys you look Uh, professional right from the get-go.
2: Thorvaldson from, uh, I think it's from South Carolina, does that stuff. He's one of the people I hooked up with right away out of the gate. And he's now done six covers for me um and it's 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 neat stuff what he does he's working on the on the on the fighting game cover right now we're mm. trying to play with how we're going to express that
0: yeah Ooh. no that i'm i mean i'd love to see what the, how that looks like from the covers that i saw they looked really good like I like I, I said i i read I, I i like looked through like probably the last three or four i think on okay. the on the on the website but uh I, yeah i definitely dug the covers uh the fighting game would be interesting i mean because you are you just gonna put i mean i guess you would all put the main guys in there i, I, I can't wait to see what it looks like i gave him
2: some ideas i don't want to give out at this point but we'll try to come up with a way to have a bunch of different characters on it. people really like seeing all the different characters if we were to just put ryu against you know scorpion boring just two two things we want to have a way of having a bunch of different characters Mm -hmm. involved in it and i'll give you hints it's a little bit nintendo-esque in what the concept Mm. is we're working on
0: sure i
2: know i know the one i
1: have a it's probably the first issue it's got like uh i know dig dug's on there or whatever his name is ryu habashi or, i don't know he's got like a full name i know Ryu yeah. habashi I
2: remember, is the, the first one guy. was like all kinds of characters i mean he's literally got oh wow um uh, probably 30 different characters we started i
1: think that's the one i
2: have like, yeah. a map on, in in the magazine of who everybody was hmm. because it got it got confusing i mean i couldn't figure out who everybody was
0: Sure. No, it'd be nice to see, like, if there's a person, like, if it was, like, the guy from Dig Dug, and you're like, what is his name? And you can look at it up on a key and be like, oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good to inform people on that, for sure. Is there is there, like, a um? I mean, is, is there, like, a number one person that you would want to get an interview from on it, if you could get anybody for the magazine, or?
2: If I could get anyone, um, I'd put, like, a Nolan Bushnell right up at the top. I'd put, um, you know, couple of the classic nintendo programmers from back mm, in the day sure would be up near near the top of the line
0: That's um
2: people that i've tried to reach out to a couple of these people but obviously you know they're not the easiest person in the world to get together yeah, sure. um got to talk to with howard scott warsaw the guy who did um uh, et and yard's revenge and stuff like that at a past yeah. classic gaming expo so i'm trying to reach in with him he's an interesting guy if you if you ever heard his his history on stuff i'd love to do a piece on him Oh yeah, I'd like to learn more about him
0: and you're that's the atari e t right the one uh, yeah yeah right? yeah the buried he's the someone that's yeah. like dealt
1: with an intense deadline like in a real way
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah right <laughs> so yeah.
2: I, I well he, one person I was excited to really meet um is Brian Collin. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but he made rampage xenophobe okay a bunch oh, of other right. yeah he was at um he, he, was he was at was actually a consultant on that new rampage movie. And in the next issue of the magazine look am looking at it right now, we have a double feature covering a little bit of the history of, of Rampage being made and his experience of being an extra in oh, nice. the movie. They cut him out, but he was an oh. extra in the movie and got probably stuck. That's They cut him that's out? Hor-
0: that's horrible. That sucks. Yeah, that's terrible. Of the game, come on. Yeah.
1: You got to let him, like, get... Killed or something.
0: I mean, first, first they. Yeah.
2: Did you guys see the
0: movie? By the way, John. John did. I didn't see it. It
2: it it was cute. Had some good callbacks to to the to the original game. Like there is a lady in the red dress Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, they had to do what they had to do with. Did anybody
1: get shocked when they ate something?
2: I don't remember (laughs) if that happened or not. That's like did some people get eaten? Thing I remember. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or, or so, like or throwing up and like they'd puke when they ate some things. I remember that. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I haven't seen the movie yet, but it kinda really bugged me that they weren't people turned into uh, animals. Yeah, animals. So it's just that animals bugged bigger. me the most.
3: Like, come on, like why could you not just do that? Like have them be people turned that turn into monsters. There's no reason that yeah. Them, yeah. then the writers were lazy.
0: Oh, they were aliens? Well, it's like, That's right. if no. you took, like, no, they're just, they're just, like, regular animals they're, that turned into giant like animals. From they're regular Coast. animals, but there's, like, an alien
3: substance, if I recall, uh, that crashes down from a spaceship. the spaceship. Yeah. Ooze, yeah. Ooze. But it yeah,
0: can't, I mean, yeah.
2: He, he, said, he said that was the in- inaccurate part of it, but it's like, I you know, eh, whatever.
0: I'm sure he they did They probably didn't pay him much for that. Is what I was gonna say. I don't know. I, th-
2: I don't think he got anything more out of it except for some extra celebrity and him going out for stuff. Because I mean, he did that for the for the company that made it. Oh, he, you're he, right. You're he, right. The, he, he doesn't own it. Yeah. Himself.
0: Yeah. You know, he was Different he was times. at uh, he was at MGC, right? Like he was signing yes. the yeah. Because yeah, he, I, he's I always met MGC. him there.
2: He lives in Chicago, I think.
0: Yeah. No, I, I met him there, and I did talk to him a little bit. I asked him about. I was always curious about for Rampage, like. I'm from I'm from Peoria, and all the games start in Peoria. And I asked him like what his uh, what his whole beef was with was with Peoria, like if he was from there and he hated the place or whatever. And he's like, oh no, it was just uh, pop- Peoria was popular, so we just put it at the beginning there. Yeah, so that um, was kind of cool. It's pretty hear- central. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I think I think we have it in the article. Or otherwise, it was part of the interview. Do you ever hear about how all the different cities that were in the game actually got a press release from Midway, written by him and his crew, saying, you know, our our you know, you're part of a video game, your city has been immortalized in this video game. Oh nice.
0: <laughs> when I was a uh, oh. I mentioned this before on the show, but when I was a kid that we had a ramp there was a rampage original rampage arcade in the Peoria airport and mm-hmm. I thought that the reason that it started in Peoria was because I was in Peoria and if you're playing it in Orlando, like the first level would be Orlando or like if you were playing in another place it would be another thing. That's what I thought. You know, because yeah. I was a kid That's and I had no all. idea. He makes a video game but, about Peoria, but I guess I guess I thought that. How I mean, would you have
1: thought anything different? As yeah, a right.
0: Because I had no idea. Plus, games weren't that advanced. <laughs> they didn't know like where you were, and they weren't like automatically, like oh yeah, here's Detroit. You know, you're destroying Detroit first <laughs> or whatever. I just thought it was really weird that Peoria was in there as the first stage. I'm like, I'm like, well, maybe this is like this whatever town you're in. It'll say Watch like That's where you're at. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I have some history with Rampage. But, uh, yeah, no, that's definitely cool. What, uh, on I didn't the,
1: show these to prove that I got them signed by
0: David Crane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. He has a pit, pitfall. And, uh, I've shown them we we in go. the
2: past
1: before, but just
0: let our guests yeah, know.
2: I've got a collection of similar cartridges. I, I um, uh, No one was speaking at the Consumer Electronics Show, and I got myself out to a video game store, picked up a copy of Combat, had him sign that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, yeah, I've, I've yeah. A bunch I love of Combat. Things.
0: When you were when you were first starting the magazine, like how did you get the word around and all that? Like, were you just were you just hitting? Uh, or had you already been in conventions for a while? Were you just hitting up people that you already knew? Or were you just like sending stuff out, being like, you know, had a butt like maybe had a buddy that was into one thing and asked him to write about it, or like, how did you get well, the people I mean, together? When, when I started reaching
2: them, to... I used the power of Facebook. I just mm-hmm. I didn't do any paid advertising. I just started visiting all these different chat groups and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it just started snowballing. Um, I was able to contact Dan Loosen that runs Midwest Gaming Classic, mm-hmm. and he sent out an email for me. I got a hold of a couple of the stores, and it just started building from there, and it was a lot of just legwork. Mm-hmm. It was just getting getting out there and keeping it build our ten thousand um retro gamers. And I've got another thousand of them. I just got to organize and get fed into the system. So it's just giving away the magazine and hoping that they like it enough that they'll eventually pay for it.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it
2: just I mean,
1: not not just the legwork, but you you know, obviously you know your stuff and, yeah. and you're you're not just walking somewhere, but you have you have a talk too, you know, like mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, I I you got I, your knowledge. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. There's no doubt about that. And it's I mean i I can see this lasting a long time. if I can just get past that next level, get that get that Kickstarter going, get another about probably thousand subscribers. We're at mm-hmm. like what seven or eight hundred subscribers right now. I could use another thousand of them. Mm-hmm. and I talk with people like yourselves and and showing love back and forth. I'm gonna do whatever sure. I can to kick this up because I'm really enjoying it. Uh, me and my two sons and one of my uh, daughters have gotten to travel to these. We've got to spend a lot of quality time together. I mean, I'm going down to a um, Wizard World event in Austin, Texas, coming up in about three weeks. Okay. And my oldest, my 23 year old daughter's getting to go down with me, and she's going to geek out beyond belief because she's a big Doctor Who fan, mm-hmm. and the last Doctor Who and his companion um, is are both going to be down there, and she's going to get to meet them. Okay. And that's all I had to really do for her yeah. <laughs> to get her to come along with me for three days, and and quality time with kids is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, well, they're... all
1: get to geek out together.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it sounds like they're of the age that like uh, that they're into all this stuff it's like uh, it's easy to be like hey do you want to come to this game convention or like do you want to come to this comic convention or whatever I mean they'll definitely be into it from what you um, know
2: my my 17 year old was his birthday was like three weeks before the uh, limit as to when you had to be 17 to get there oh. he' dreaming about it since he was like 14 years old mm. I want to go to e3 I want to go to e3 and with how e3's been doing things. Is you you have to have a really good connection, or you buy that gamer pass, or you have a media pass. And I was able to pull off a media pass. And mm-hmm. he was just he was the coolest kid in the school.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I got E three. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah, I was going to ask you like if you had to buy the pass or not, or if they, or you were able to actually get. No, invited.
2: I was able to get a press pass. We gave we we gave him a good amount of love and, and, and editorial coverage, and I showed my connections with all these different places mm-hmm. um, that are that are within the industry. So. I'm planning on being there. I've already bought my hotel rooms for next year, so I sure hope they let me in.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would hope that they, you know, since they do it this time. Heck yeah! Man. I don't know how. A, I don't That's know awesome. how you have to get if you have to like prove your legitimacy in the, like in the journalism world or whatever to come to E3. I don't know how exactly they handle things, but hopefully well, it-
2: I'll tell you, it's a lot easier for me just because I print a magazine. For people like yourselves, you mm-hmm. have to show that you have like a hundred thousand subscribers mm-hmm. and all kinds of different stuff. But mm-hmm. because I'm, sure, yeah. I'm making the financial investment of actually printing something, that mm-hmm. cost me ten thousand dollars ish an issue to put out. Mm-hmm. They figure, yeah, I'm investing in business, and they'll they let us in. We we at the time I applied, we had put out two issues of the magazine, I think.
0: Oh, okay, so, and the and the magazine just came as came from your passion for games, right? Or was it something that you thought? was needed like there needed more retro stuff or or
2: it's a it's a niche of a niche i mean if you think about all the people out there that play games Mm -hmm. which is everybody if you count all the little casual gamers on their phones and stuff sure yeah playing angry birds or or whatever or bejeweled and then take it down into gamers that have really spent a lot of time on it like you guys and then Mm -hmm. take it down any step further people that want to play the old stuff that's at least 20 years old yeah so we are a niche of a
4: niche
2: Mm -hmm. um we're a very small niche of people um, that are really into these things, but I mean, there's a lot of people that are hardcore in this stuff. I mean, you look at some of these these webcasts and stuff, and and uh, YouTube channels are getting hundreds of thousands of people watching their videos.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's I'd, a, love
2: to, I'd love to reach one tenth of them if I could.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I hope that and I hope it's I know that uh, that the videos are a lot more popular now, but I mean, we should be in support of the of the actual written word, especially in magazine form, because. It's it's a shame yep. that I mean a, a lot of that stuff had to you know had to go out like EGM and Nintendo Power and all that stuff.
1: And that's still and, uh, like how, that's like in my memory that's how I got my news.
0: Sure. In yeah. In my
1: formative years. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it there's just, something
3: nice still about getting an actual magazine in the mail yeah. and looking through it and flipping through the pages and you know I don't think it'll ever go completely away. I think there will always be people who like to have a physical something. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, uh, you know, it's like buying yourself a, a nice surprise every two months to get a magazine like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know over the last 10 plus years, I've read Retro Gamer out of the UK. I don't know if you've ever seen Retro Gamer magazine. You mm-hmm. can pick it up at Barnes & Noble. It's, been a, it's a UK magazine I'm a big fan of, and I just couldn't get it. It was $80 to get a subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. and just randomly picking it up. So I, got, I get that digitally on my iPad, mm-hmm. and it's a blast to read, and I'd love to have Old School Gamer up to that level of what we're doing and I think we'll eventually reach it it's just going to take a while
0: sure yeah i mean it's and like you're saying it's all about just like talking to people and snowballing and getting you know getting advertised mm-hmm. in one thing and just you know getting getting yourself seen where maybe other people hadn't heard of you and and that type of thing you know just being everywhere at once i guess or <laughs> just going going from one thing to another it's basically what you have to what you have to do there. But I mean, I mean, I'm sold on it. I'll, I'll definitely add it to the. I'll I'll do Patreon for that. I mean, I think it's I think it's I great. Too. I love to have sure. a love to have something to read. Very you cool. Know?
2: Well, uh, let me get some feedback from you guys. Let me pick you guys' brains a little bit. Okay? Sure, sure, let's do it. Of, of old school games, what else should a magazine like this be covering? I mean, give me ideas. I mean, mm-hmm. sure. It's like you said, so... you said. You
1: said you done pop culture, right? Like, did you do like? the pop culture of how it affected people at the time or how maybe like, you know, I know Pac-Man fever is like an easy example, but like yeah. how games affect a pop culture in their time.
2: Yeah. I am I'm, I'm trying to cross. I'm, I'm looking at one thing that just came up on my screen, which hits with you. Nintendo guys real well. Super Mario brothers, the movie 25 years later.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We right. we did yeah. an we did an episode about that movie, but yeah, yeah. No, it's around that time. It's yeah, it's best I feel like a lot of it's good to like try to work in with like anniversaries and stuff, you know, like be like, hey, you know, this. And we try to do that somewhat on this show. We don't do it as
1: We did it as, with Wizard. Too.
0: We did we did it with the Wizard. We did it with the uh, Mario Brothers the movie. Uh we did it with like uh, the the WCW game on 64 and like stuff like that. I feel like a lot of people are into that like seeing like what's, you know, what's like a uh, turned however many years and you could be like hey like remember this if game it, especially if it's or...
1: a five it
2: helps yeah mm-hmm. yeah well i mean i, I think that the real thing is 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 when most of us were, were into these games we we were you know 10 15 years old and it's now 25 years later so we now have the money to buy any games we really
0: want mm-hmm. to. exactly right so it's yeah. like
2: going back and getting the games we couldn't a- couldn't afford to own before
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Would you uh, would you guys ever do like a kind of like go take a little bit of the Nintendo Power stuff and just go back and print like a map of an old game or anything like that? Would you ever do any of that shit or is that too weird? I don't know. I always feel like that would be kind of fun. I think
2: it'd be worth doing with, with things like I mean, getting getting into tips and tricks. Out there that stuff. Have all that stuff that's you know out there. I don't know if you ever checked out Retromags.com Has got old magazines out there. Sure. I mean, I'm sure you know magazines.
0: Sure. I mean, I'm I'm sure people have already done. It. I mean, there's game facts; it's really easy to find stuff like that. But it would be cool to like I don't know to be able to do like kind of. You remember how Nintendo Power used to do the maps. Would like the with like the screenshots yeah. and they would create like the map of the level or whatever. I yeah. find that stuff neat. I don't know if people, uh, really, <laughs> people are into that now, but I mean, I think that would be a rad thing to see. And they're just of like one specific game being like, here, uh, you know, here are some tricks for this, for this old game, you know, that we think is worth a look, you know, like that type of thing where somebody kind of gotcha. does like, a quick over- overview, not like necessarily all the secrets, but like some stuff that's like of note, yeah. you know.
2: You know, uh, uh, well, I, I've been trying to trying to get some people to pick up writing for us, covering some of these competitive gamers that that go and talk a little bit about how they're totally into Miss Pac Man and what's the little secret where you can hide up in the right hand corner and yeah. wiggle this and do that. Sure, yeah, and that kind of stuff. And I th- I think that's some neat stuff that people would like to know how to do some of those things on the games.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know Billy Mitchell, you can get him to talk uh, get him to talk about his uh, Donkey Kong uh, strategies, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I find that that would be interesting too as well. It'd be like, hey, if you're gathering scores like this is how you do it, you know. And it's it's also like I mean, a lot of this stuff is on YouTube, but like uh you know, like the whole like hidden gem stuff and all that, people seem to be into that. Like here's a game that wasn't really that isn't that well known for this system, but it's good and it's not expensive, you know, like that type of stuff. People normally I think, like to hear that. I think I like
1: the idea of like a game developer like let's say I can't remember the fellow's name, but like let's say you had the guy who did QBert. Uh-huh. And you're, like, hanging out with him and you're doing, like, a like a more, like, laid-back article where you're just hanging out and talking about games. And, like, that person's giving their, like, opinion on other games that came out after the fact. Or, mm. And how they felt like maybe their project influenced those or how they felt like that project. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the well, yeah, insider well, well, perspective.
2: What's your favorite game that you didn't make or didn't have any involvement in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, sure. Or yeah.
1: how did you see, like, your impact Immediately after the fact, when you struck gold, so to speak, mm-hmm. like what? What yeah. did you see? Like, did these were these games original? Were they genuine, or did you think they just ripped you off? Or you know?
2: Well, yeah, all. And all likewise, the- what did what did they do
1: that you wish you had done? Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and it's so okay. all. Really, I'd like. See, I'd like to see like a series on the old gamer magazines that have come and gone.
0: Oh yeah, like, yeah, that'd be cool.
3: Like a like a like how long they lasted. At, oh, Game Pro magazine. Hey, what were all these writers like that I remember reading when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old? Or, you know, EGM, Nintendo Power, of course.
2: Go, out, go out and reach those guys.
3: Yeah, like I don't know if you would do like a series on each particular magazine, or if you would like devote an issue to, you know, the art of writing about old school video games from the perspective of guys who first wrote about sure. old school video games back in the day. Uh, but that that'd be really cool. Uh, angle that i don't I don't think i've ever well, really I've seen got a
2: writer working leonard herman who the video game historian that works for me is working on a general piece about some of the some of the magazines of the past and then if, the, if that takes off and people are interested yeah let's dig deeper let's go back and find some of those guys that wrote the reviews on, on the games or on the things originally and then saying mm-hmm. how and how has this held up since then i mean there's some right. That have held up really well. There's other games that were really popular back in eighty whatever mm-hmm. that no one's going to play anymore.
0: Sure, I think it's a, and I think it's always interesting to get to talk to somebody who was like working in that in that certain time, right. you know, and see what it was like then. What I what I think would be really cool is if you could get a hold of like a game counselor, like for Nintendo Power, like the guys that you would oh, call yeah. on the on the one eight hundred line. Like I would totally love oh, to talk yeah. to one of those guys and see how. <laughs> See how good it was. Tell me be.
3: all the worst stories about Brady Kids calling
0: in because they couldn't beat Zelda. <laughs> I, yeah. mean, I used to call I used to call that thing. <laughs> I always just think of that part in the wizard with the guy that has like the big stack of books and Yeah, what about extra And he's like, What about uh to, he's like, What do you know about Castlevania? Oh yeah.
1: How how did how did uh Fred Savage act on stage
2: or you know, there there's, on, there's on a group set. of people trying to get them back together because I think they're coming up on a big anniversary on the wizard.
0: Yeah uh, next yeah. year, yeah. Uh, uh yeah, um, this year's thirty. Uh, yeah. what, uh, they're, they're
2: trying to get the whole crowd back together, especially the, the kid who says, you know, and this is cool, or w- whatever. His yeah. California. <laughs> it's so bad, yeah.
0: Well, uh, well, isn't <laughs> Lucas, I mean, isn't, didn't Lucas get into some hard time? Like, wasn't he Yeah, like, Lu-
1: Lucas ain't doing I something. I thought he
0: went to jail for, like, domestic abuse or something like that. No,
2: it's
1: worse than that.
0: Yeah. Oh, is it like uh, some sort it's of wor- pedophilia or whatever? Yeah.
2: Okay, so, so, so we probably couldn't get him anywhere within... I don't
1: think Lucas. I don't think Lucas would be good. Old. Yeah, I, th-
0: correct, I think anybody other than Lucas. I heard that Lucas is like and in, fell into some shit. But uh, but you know, like it would. I think most importantly, Jenny uh,
1: Lewis is doing great.
0: Yeah, it's going to be hard to get her too because she's a rock star now. I mean, I don't think she gives a shit about the wizard anymore. You know, I mean, she Jenny, might
1: think it was cool.
0: I mean, Jenny Lewis is pretty fucking rad, but I don't think she. I think I mean I think she's kind of she's gotten pretty big in the world of rock. She's based you
1: know? out of L.A. though, so she might. Be yeah. cool with doing something yeah. in the California
0: area, but like maybe she's uh, come back around and do it. Yeah, if you could get if you get the major, if you get the major three, if you could get uh yeah, the, uh, yeah. if you get yeah. Jim, if you get Jimmy Woods and uh, and uh, Fred Savage and and uh, Janey Lewis together, then there you could do that. Yeah, I, I, do. I'm
2: just looking at the cast um, again, remembering who everybody was. Like, yeah, I mean, the whole key would be getting Fred to show up. If we can get Fred to show up, maybe we could pull off some more.
0: I think he would. I mean, I know. I remember him tweeting about the Nintendo World Championship and him trying to get into that. Which I don't know why Nintendo didn't yeah, respond I mean, to him. Funny. They should
1: have given him a, like a yeah.
0: I think Nintendo was like, oh, oh no, access I, pass. We're, they're like, oh no, Fred, Fred. We we want real real players here. We want to, oh, the want the pros, man. I'm sorry,
2: guys. I just looked up on Wikipedia. <laughs> Do you know Toby Maguire is an uncredited goon in that?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah? no, yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the I him talked
2: about it, but. Oh yeah! No, it. Really?
0: <laughs> it's a hundred. Per- it's a hundred percent him. Yeah, he's in. He's totally. in Lucas's crew. Only at the end, like when they're at the um, the video Armageddon, whatever. Uh, but it's. Yeah. It, I mean, if you look he looks at
2: fresh it, fresh is dope,
0: though. He totally looks. Exa- I mean, it's him. Like it's a hundred percent him. It's like a hundred percent not not him. <laughs> you yeah. was
2: your VHS tape to be able to make sure that's him.
3: I did. Yeah, I was watching it with some friends, like when I was in college, freshman year, and this is just after spider-man had come out like a couple of weeks after spider-man yeah. had come out and i i paused it like i'd watched the movie forever and I, I just saw him in this sound. i'm like oh, "That the spider-man's toby Maguire paused it and then we poured it out right there oh no it's in what
1: was that like uh that sportswear they were all wearing at the end like vision? he was wearing it too it's body glove yeah body glove i thought it was, I thought no it was vision
0: i do no, maybe it's body glove too <laughs> was vision true. was another he was I do this totally decked out. body glove yeah yeah isn't like uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. There you go. You love love, I love that. power
3: glove. It's so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah. Love that power glove. Yeah. Any sort of uh Probably the power glove. Yeah, stuff like that for anniversaries definitely works. You know, I think it'd be cool uh, on the on the subject of old magazines. It'd be interesting to break down like just how long they last for. Like which ones like. Went the longest, like which ones had the most issues and all that. I would read shit like that, like just to be, uh, just you know, just the info on that, like which, yeah. well, like when the when the earliest one was, like what was the latest one that went before the crash, before like they started again now and all that, you know?
2: Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Oh, it
0: was, it's it's always yeah, and it, like I said, it's always good to good to find people who were in stuff, you know. That we were talking about trying to get, Shoot. trying to see if we could track down one of the actors from Night Trap, you know, for an episode. Like we were talking about that, like I, you know, it'd be great to see like people who worked in, you know who worked on weird ass games like that. Like if you can actually, because I'm sure they're, I don't know, I don't know what they're doing now. I was actually trying to look up the main lady, and she died in her 30s, so. I, didn't I couldn't find her, but specifically about yeah, the magazines, dead. I want to I want to know more about
3: um about the writers behind Game Pro because I don't know if you guys read Game Pro, but all the writers Is that the one went that had, by the, the faces? Yeah, had the
1: faces,
3: yeah, had the faces, yeah, and all the writers they use pseudonyms, so it was like Dan Electro, Scary Larry, you never knew uh-huh. who guys really were because oh, they were collective yeah. of writers, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you want to you want to expose them and say sh- show what Patreon they have nowadays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like a lot of the people who used to write that, from that, that have that have their own podcast now History
3: that magazine i, I want to know who those guys works i never saw their pictures or knew mm. their real names sure
2: yeah looks like they shut down back in 2011 mm. i'll bet you i could track some of those guys out that'd be kind of cool
3: yeah
1: no I what mean-
2: about uh
1: what about old like just the advertisements in game magazines like that could be its own like thing completely like Oh, like, ads,
0: yeah, like uh, like magazine ads or uh, TV ads, yeah, or magazine whatever.
1: ads specifically.
0: If yeah, if you, some of those like if you could would, reprint some of those, like, that'd the be the cool. Sitter, that might be a copyright fold, thing though, know. but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I remember that Sega one. You're thinking
3: of the Sega one, from Sega Saturn, yeah, that was very memorable for a 13 year old. Well, some
0: of them, yeah.
2: uh, some of them, uh, if they're not, they're, it, uh, a friend of mine wrote. Um, well, Michael Thomas I mentioned earlier wrote a book covering a bunch of those kind of weird advertisements and weird things done within the video game things. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about on that ad. Mm. There is worse stuff than that out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. went through like an extreme period in the nineties
0: where it kind of was like
2: no holds barred.
0: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Whatever it takes to get people's attention.
0: I saw, exactly. a, I don't know if it was in the latest one or the one before, but I did see that you had something in there, like kind of like wizard where you would show like, you know, suggested buying prices for different games and stuff like that. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. I know you said you had like a list of like Genesis games and, and I always used well, to read yeah, all that I mean, shit the, from like the, the comic the, buyer's the guide the and stuff in high school or
2: ones you could still buy affordably for different, for different mm. units. Like for instance, this pop culture issue that I'm on right now, we covered some stuff with the, with the super Nintendo as to pop culture games that were popular back then, you know, um, that, that were good games that aren't stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he covered, and again, I'm ch- telling you this before the magazine comes out. The Death and Return of Superman for the SNES and Super Star Wars for the SNES mm-hmm. were, Or good games you can still buy reasonably affordably.
0: I have both of uh, those games. <laughs> that were pop culture stuff. Yeah, no, I, I like both. I mean, I love those Super Star Wars games, and that uh, that Death and Return of Superman. It's a it's a difficult game, but I but I like it. It's like another game that I played through. Actually enjoyed that whole that whole run, that whole comic run. So it's cool that you got to play all the different Superman in there. But yeah, I mean, both of those were cool games and stuff. So, well, we
2: have, I mean, do you either any of you guys get into arcade games at all or anything like that? Or are you totally a home console kind of people?
0: I mean, uh, uh, in, uh, in high school I did. Yeah. In high school I did, you know, but it's, uh, it's not as, I, I was thinking earlier today, like, I feel like VR has kind of become the new place of arcade, you know? Cause yeah, people yeah. say, cause you know, arcades were like, Above, you know, like graphically, above anything that you mm-hmm. could have at home, and I feel like some VR places have kind of replaced that now. You know, where well, it's like,
2: I, you know, and I mean, really, about the PS2 era is when is when people were able to take home and have a machine at home that was more powerful than they would plop quarters into.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. when the
2: the eras started changing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I have a. I mean, I like there's arcades. I like to play, but I mean, I don't. I don't have a collection or anything like that. I was actually listening I've got to a Pac Man
3: yeah. machine that I found that Trey helped me bring home. Yeah. Uh, I've told the story on here before, so mm-hmm. I won't go too into it. But I basically, I found it behind a bar, and I called Trey up one night and said, Hey, you'll never believe what I found, and you helped me get it back to my house. And, yeah. uh, and I was back in Michigan with my sister. But yeah, I played that machine through and through, so I know Miss Pac-Man pretty well.
0: Yeah, it was a, I was listening to a podcast today about collecting arcades, and they said if you actually want to collect an arcade, just to buy a broken one for like nothing and learn how to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's like the way to do it. The,
2: the, the best <laughs> way to do. Go to, go to one of these auctions. I don't know what neck of the woods you guys are all in, but I mean, go go to one of the auctions and buy buy a machine that looks like it's that's mostly working. Mm-hmm. It's more of a cosmetic thing. You can yourself a working machine for two hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can get one for really cheap to and buy an figure R&D. out how to make it. That's yeah, a goal of mine. Yeah, if you want to get one, just buy buy a broken one and then just teach yourself how to fix it, which will help you to maintain it later. You know, when you do actually get one that works, you know, so that's kind of the best route to do that. But uh, I, we're we're getting close to two hours here, so I want to I kind of wrap it up. But uh, everything, I mean, it's great to have you on the show, like lots of really cool stuff to hear about Hell the yeah. magazine and all that. And uh, make sure, uh, Ryan, like, e- please email me, like, the address for the uh, Kickstarter and all that so I can put in the details for the podcast and make sure okay. everyone can. And then,
2: yeah, in, in general, it's oldschoolgamer.com. Okay. Uh for people to sign up for the digital version for free and then you'll get mm-hmm. one copy of the print magazine in your mailbox the next time it comes out.
0: Very, very, very cool. And I'll definitely Great. I want to check out the Patreon for sure and see like and see what you got what the different tiers are and all that. But I mean, yeah, for like this for like the small price of what $7 every 2 months, so that's like Three fifty a month, pretty much. That's, uh, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I think if you're into uh, yeah. games at all, I think that's definitely an investment. So, all of you that are out there listening, you know, definitely check it out and go and go do that.
1: Well, I guess you... two fifty every two months.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, I mean, if it's what is it like seven? If you said it was like around seven. Six every issues two months, right? a year. Yeah, well, yeah. thirty
2: if, a if, year. If you do the subscription, I end up costing you. Yeah, two fifty a month. If you, oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. just do these, do the uh, Patreon. It's going to be six ninety five every time we ship a
0: magazine. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Definitely. Is there uh, anywhere like Are you on Twitter or anything like that? Is there like a... uh, We're
2: still working on building that up. Okay. We, we haven't we haven't hit that world yet. I mean, I I caught up with MySpace. Okay. I'm, I'm a little bit slow.
0: <laughs> you guys got a GeoCities too, right? I, I'm kidding. How's your Zanga doing? <laughs> but uh,
2: I've got my I've got my Juno email account. Come on.
0: I just want to make sure. I just want to get out all, all the stuff where people can find you and all that you know. But uh, yeah, if you look up... I will shoot you over the various links in
2: about five minutes.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, Old School Gamer Magazine, just uh, make sure and find uh, Google that and check the details of this episode and you will find it there. And this has been our episode 135. Uh, We are your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson.
1: Jeremy Rukowski,
0: John Litter. And... Ryan Berger. Having fun with you guys. Good night. Yeah, very nice. Very nice to have you on here, man. We'll we'll talk talk soon. Thanks, Thanks for being on, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. Good night, gentlemen. All right. All can right. I, I, thanks for staying over you. this. Right. Yeah, you can find us at Nintendo Main Podcast, uh, nintendo You can find us on iTunes. Uh, please, you know, subscribe to us, uh, leave us a review, all that fun stuff. You can catch, uh, you know, YouTube videos of Jeremy and I on, uh, youtube.com slash fingmater, F-I-N-G-M-A-T-R. You can also catch me streaming at twitch.tv slash Nintendo Podcast. And Jeremy and I are on Twitter at uh, nintendo underscore domain and uh, at jmaxdeck. So you know, add us on there and fight about our our uh, you know our different opinions on GTA versus uh, Saints Row the Third and all the fun stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you.